The Commander Crunch podcast is brought to you by PureMTGO.com. Head over there for great articles covering all formats of the game we all love. This podcast is also brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, your home for magic card auctions in Australia, New Zealand, and Malaysia. Now, on to the podcast. It's breakfast time. Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 45. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats served up on the regular. We're all about celebrating the culture, community, and creativity of primarily our favorite format of Magic the Gathering's Commander, aka EDH, uh, plus a side serving of entertainment and pop culture discussions for ancillary influences. I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Sam, aka Past the Jam on the Twitters and the Instagrams, and joined as always by Happy Father's Day, Cheshire. Uh, Cheshire plays on the Twitters and all that stuff. How you doing, man? Hi. Uh, can we please rename Father's Day? Because there's a lot of hot fathers out there, so let's call it Daddy's Day. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, is Brendan Fraser a father? Probably. Yes, yes he is. <laughs> As we prepare to watch Encino Man next week, it's going to be a good time. But, but he's he's absolutely not a, a hot daddy these days. <laughs> oh, a, no, oh, no. Um, moderately chunky, not unlike myself, moderately chunky. Uh, I just want to preface that so everyone knows I'm fat. <laughs> um, before you start making any judgments, I can judge other people of weight uh, as much as I please. Thank you very much. Yeah. Doesn't mean I feel good about Chunky it. Chunky sounds endearing. It's it's kind of lovely. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I mean, we did spend last uh, last episode talking all about, uh, you know, eating uh, steaks from Snorlax and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, mm. we're kind of, exactly. Nice. Way you Snorlax. Oh, yeah. That was what Rod said. Rod said that Snorlax is in the canon. In the canon have a diet of Miltanks or whatever they're called. Like literally eating the you dairy that, cows. I- I did not know that. Neither, I'm terrified. That was the thing. I want to see. Um, I want to see so some Pokemon horror fic. You if know? we say uh, Snorlax, <laughs> wait, do, don't do, don't Pokemon like bond with their trainers through like combat though? Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, so you're ba- yes. so 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 you're basically going to eat your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, there's there's so many problematic things going on in Pokemon anyway. But uh, yeah, I I mean, that's why that I think that discussion was so wild last week. I was like, I it hit on an axis I don't think I was ready for, but laughs were definitely had, and and everyone seemed to enjoy it. But um, good little thought experiment. Which one makes the best steak? But um, I mean, it's no different. My sister used to do a lot of cattle handling, and it's like she had that whole thing. It's like was friends with the you know uh, her cattle sure. that. You know, and you've got to strike that balance. A lot of people like don't call them names or whatever, or like you know, make a name for them. And she did, yet had that balance of knowing a kind of the 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 resolute kind of uh, what do you call it outcome of this animal as well was was very interesting. It was cattle handling, and then like down the down the road would be like, yes, guess what? This cow actually goes to the slaughterhouse, which is wild. So anyway, that's you know, a whole other thing. I don't think I don't think I have a way to verify that that Brod is correct. Who knows? Rod just he he, he speaks with uh with with kind of uh what do you call it? He sounds very confident about what he's saying, and I tend to believe him. So yeah, I'll um I'll I'll check his I'll cite his uh his his, his kind of bibliography as it were. So we'll see. Anyway, anyway, 
Y'all heard a, uh, another voice there. Um, as it often goes, we get into these great conversations early on in uh, in this this magical podcast, and our guests just want to join in as well. So uh, we, we better introduce so you can go absolutely nuts. But uh, as it often goes, our guest profiles with the community and creators have become a place to share and explore the essence of Commander, comma life. I'm going to add life in there. Why we play in in an effort to promote and celebrate those, and just have an awesome uh, awesome time and find out who these people are. Um, you know, behind the names that people often know from the Commander uh, Magic community. But um, yeah, this week uh, we've got one I've been looking forward to for a little while. We've talked about it and uh, had some great games, but. We've got our mate live from Philly, uh, who's an optimistic Knicks fan, um, you know, respectfully. Great commander community uh, voice for keeping things real and basically Millhouse, right? <laughs> Millhouse with a beard. It's Chris Von Doom. How you doing, man? Oh, pretty all right. Pretty well. Thanks for having me. Nice, nice. So that's, um, yeah, so how about them Knicks? I've got to get into it straight away before we uh, we, we get to, you know, into the magic. Um, I'm, I'm a realistic Knicks fan. Uh, last, last season... <laughs> No, like for real. Like last last exactly. season uh, was completely unexpected. Totally. Uh, it was hard to be disappointed, even if they kind of came out flat against Atlanta. Um, I I would have been okay with them. I, I like their offseason moves. Let's put that way. Yeah, I would have been too. okay with them doing absolutely nothing and playing it safe because they, they but they kept the core together. They definitely upgraded the backcourt. Uh, even if these aren't the long term solutions, they also drafted really well, so they yep. could have a long term solution in house. Uh, for when we're ready to move on from some of these vets. But, um, you know, the entire East improved, so four seed could now be eight seed. Uh, I, I just want them to look good. I just want the, I don't care about the playoffs still. I want them to look good. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think that, keep yeah. Looking good. Each, each uh, season is a step forward kind of thing. We don't have to expect, exactly. expect the universe straight away. And I think, yeah, there's little wins yeah. where you can get them for sure. It's like when, uh, when Tibbs showed up, he, he was talking about building a culture. You don't build it. Culture is not built after one successful season. That's right. That's right. It takes time. And Chesh and I were just talking about that too. Like, you know, Lakers, you do what you do. And then you know, the Nets too. And I think the Nets have actually done it pretty well, but still they didn't, they got beaten in the playoffs. That's fine. But it was the great thing with Giannis at the, you know, winning the championship and just turning yeah. around going, hey, guess what? I could have joined a super team, but I didn't. He's kind of a little bit tongue-in-cheek about it. It's like I built a culture yeah. here, you know, and that's what it's about, and I love that. And it's I'm forever fascinated about that in basketball and psychology and what makes good working environments because that that kind of does carry over into real life too. You think about Absolutely. what makes the best teams, and I'm, I'm continuously fascinated by that. And I love when a... Uh, a team does invest in that. And I even, you know, the Warriors like put the template for that a few years back that was like, you can do that and from a kind of draft team as well and slowly develop it. And everyone wanted to do that as well, but it's like, you can't just do it. You've kind of got to mean it as well. So yeah, respect when you can. Um, I think, I think it had to be a humbling moment too from York where they had to admit to themselves, but like, you know, Golden State was able to do that because the expectations out in Golden State were never high. Right? Yeah, that's right. Um, exactly. Being in New York, the expectation is always there. Which, again, like especially for the Knicks, it's like, well, why you guys haven't you haven't won a championship <laughs> and how long? Like, why do you have these expectations? Just because it's in New York? Yeah, exactly. Um, and pretty much, that's exactly why you know. Like, and that's yeah. that's what's hard about, it. and it's what's hard. Also, they've always you know expected people to to kind of drop everything and and turn up there and want to play for the great New York. Mm-hmm. And as it's gone over the last, you know. 10, 10, 15 years, it's like, uh, 20. 
Yeah, yeah, that like surprised every time when they're like, "Oh, why didn't everyone want to play here?" And, like Amare was like one of the consolation prizes to the great off season that could have had Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade and LeBron. Like the hopes were so high, and it's like, "Oh, we got Amare, and he did okay." But like that team was great until they traded it all away for Melo. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, if, you, <laughs> exactly. if you had if you had kept that core and then got Melo in the off season or a much more realistic trade, like. I, th- I think that would have been a very exciting team. But, oh yeah, you know, we're not here. We're not here for what ifs. No, exactly. Um, but I did. I as I kind of I've spoke to you a little bit. I've spent a lot of I spent a lot of years after the Sonics left. Uh, kind of for some reason rooting for the the Knicks. As I still don't even know why. I kind of enjoyed <laughs> it, and I, I I enjoyed especially the times when it's like this is a hard team to cheer for, but you love every win. And it was like the David Lee and Nate Robinson years, and like you know getting excited about Jared Jeffries having a good game, and 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 then any off season kind of you know second round pick or whatever, you're like, oh, this could be the next one. And, and like Landry Fields, like getting excited about Landry Fields, like, those awesome times, yeah. you know, like it's so very very fond. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I don't, it, it'll. And hopefully it'll happen in my lifetime because he's, you know, older and out of shape. But, um, you know, for as long as Dolan owns that team, that's kind of always be the one smear on it. But, you know, as long as he keeps his, uh, keeps his face out of, uh, out of the headlines and his mouth shut. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. It's a pill I'll swallow. I love, I love the players, even if I, uh, am disgruntled with the franchise. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm kind of, I mean, I don't, of course, have a team at the moment. I, I, I like the Nuggets, uh, Generally, like the Raptors too, but I think you know for that reason as well. I'm kind of excited to to see what the Knicks do this year as well, and just saw too they uh they seem to get again. Where was it? Um, they picked up uh French guy. What's his name? Um, Evan Fournier. Fournier. Yeah. yeah, everyone forgets about Fournier. Everyone forgot about Fournier going to the the Celtics. Fournier can drop twenty, and like that, it was. I think Fournier was traded for like a second round pick to the Celtics like last year. It was like. Okay, so yeah. fine. <laughs> so good. So I th- I'm excited for that as well, and I think it's a nice little call kind of developing. Love it. Yeah. Nice. I feel like I'm always the odd one out when I'm like, I don't particularly like care about a team per se, but I'm always like, the players. I, I'm I'm more behind a player. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Um, and that that is oh, a yeah. legit style, yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's sometimes yeah, but, hard geographically to go. Hey, this maybe it's just because you're tied to the place is some people's reason for the team or whatever. They've got like nostalgia about it, but at the same time, you could argue it's like there's so many players changing around. You may as well play, like uh, you know, change I mean, the player instead. I'm a I'm a major LeBron fan. Um, mm. like the the Knicks the Knicks were bad. And uh, for like what twenty years, so it's you know, it's hard to watch. It's one thing they you know play well and lose, but it's another thing when you're just like embarrassing basketball to watch. So like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I I just love the game and I wanted to watch, so I'd, I'd have to decide what I wanted to watch. So yeah, I, that's I'd true. Watch LeBron games. I'd watch Kobe. Um, you know, uh, I like I I like watching the Mavericks play. Yep, um, me too. I, I like Golden State. You know, it's. It's like watching ballet, uh, basically. Yeah. Uh, watching uh, w- watching that team play healthy at full strength. So you know, there's, um, you know, but uh, yeah, no, it's it, it it's it's a totally valid way to enjoy any kind of entertainment, even if, you know, whether it's basketball, sport, um, yeah, anything like that, esports, even like you can you can care more about somebody involved than mm. the thing itself. That's true, and, and I was going to say, um, Chesh, to that point too. It's it's sometimes the player, and sometimes the combination of players, and you follow where they go to. And, mm-hmm. and that was a good point. That's why I love watching the Nuggets as well. It's the style, and it's like if that 
if the style kind of went somewhere else, yeah, I'd probably watch it somewhere else. You know, it's nothing so much to do with Denver. And Denver are actually a historical rival of the Sonics too in a, in a great way, thanks to 1994. Mm-hmm. But the um, to watch a center like Jokic, like invert the whole game and just pass, I was like, I love that more than anything. It's so good. And how like unstylish he is at times, it's beautiful. Like it's, it's, it's so good to watch. <laughs> love it. But um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, I have an update on the Pokemon situation. Yeah, go for it. Go uh, for it. So, Wiki says that Snorlax will basically eat anything that fits in their mouth and is edible. Um, the Sonic Pokemon Wiki uh, goes so far as to say Snorlax are not pick. Snorlax are not picky. They'll eat anything and everything that's in that is edible, even other Pokemon, as evidenced by Snorlax's attempt to eat Misty's Goldeen and Snack Attack. They are fond of large thorny vines, uh, or their diet may compose of bananas found in grasslands. Snorlax only wake up to eat. They need to eat about 900 pounds, which is around 90% of their body weight, oh be satisfied God. before falling back to sleep. However, they do sleep for a month at a time, so 900 pounds of food is actually enough to sustain them for at least one month while asleep. Oh. <laughs> okay. So that, that means, I'm just going to put it out there, Humans technically are edible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, at some point, there would be recorded history in canon somewhere in deep that a human has been eaten by a fucking Snorlax. Yeah. It's eat or be eaten kind of world, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. I mean, what do we say about... With, uh, Snorlax has been brought up a few times, being that it is such a seemingly docile, uh, cuddly creature that can absolutely haul ass if it wants to, you know, and it's um, kind well, of... Well, that's because my constant joke is that I'm Snorlax. Cause I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do have a question, actually. I yeah, do have yeah. a question. Um, and I think I just lost it, actually, because you just lost my train of thought. No! Well, when it comes back, just, just, just say it. The thing. Oh, no, that's what it was. Um, I was reading, and, and I don't fucking understand, but here we go. Yes. So, apparently, apparently, one of the things is that um, humans in the Pokemon world drink Miltank milk yes. to, you know, for growing so they grow up strong and healthy. Yes. It specifically states... And, and, and I want to get your opinion on this. It specifically states that people who can't drink milk... Like me, but yeah. In, instead, convert the milk to yogurt and eat the yogurt instead. I'm sorry, Pokemon, but I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. It's still the same thing, just because it's got cultures <laughs> it in is, it. <laughs> it's still the same thing. And if you are deathly allergic to milk... Yeah, probably going to... Because gonna, you're... Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. What's the word for it again? Lactose intolerant. Damn it. No? Thank you, because yeah, yeah. you're lactose intolerant. I don't <laughs> think yogurt's going to cure that, motherfuckers. Oh, that's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, seriously, email us at uh, CMDR Crunch uh, Podcast. I think that's the one. I'll have to check it up. I, uh, yeah, CMDR Crunch Podcast at gmail.com for uh, any hot takes on uh, on, on <laughs> Mill Tank and, and, and dairy your, your law in, in the Pokemon law. Because you know we're... we're We've gone this far. We're we're quite frankly fascinated now, I think. And uh, yeah, we need to know. Also, if you have any Pokemon themed recipes. Yeah. 
Yeah. We will read them out in the podcast. Hell yeah. I might even attempt to make them now and again. Exactly. Um, <laughs> is, is Taurus... So Taurus is the counterpart to Miltank, it's looking like, too. Because they're, right. they're both Pokemon with uh, 100% gender kind of yeah, definitions or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh, Miltank's I mean, awesome. Miltank is, is clearly a cow. Okay, oh, exactly. Taurus yeah. is clearly a bull. Even Miltank's super cuddly, like... And and I was going to say before, same kind of thing with the the the, the Snorlax thing. That I mean, uh, cows are, are great bovine friends. Uh, and as as I said before, formerly my uh, my sister was a cattle handler. Um, cows want to go somewhere. You think they're big and slow? They want to go somewhere. They're going to go somewhere, and they're oh, going to no, take out every know. single fence they want. They'll they will destroy. Yeah. They will if they want to go fast. They'll go as fast as a horse. Like it's 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 nuts. This is this is one of the things that somebody was. Asking, uh, it's a while ago now, but they were asking me like, "You've you've handled cattle before in Mullumbah, like, yeah? Tell me, you like, can crack you a know, whip. <laughs> why, yeah? Why why isn't there that many fences around that area? And I'm like, because I didn't do anything. Cows gonna go. <laughs> exactly. Like, fences don't do shit. Fences are to keep other shit out, oh, not yeah. to keep cows in. Um, like, unless you build those really big wooden fences, which. Even those, oh, yeah. if a cow wants to go, a cow will go. I love it. It's just, yeah, they, they could become a freight trainer there. And they're lovely. They are lovely, like, loving creatures when you, you get to know them as well and you rub their face. And, yeah, I, we had one that started eating the fence, which was hilarious, like the trainer yeah. just, like, gnawing on the wood of the fence. It was hilarious. But anyway. That's some, uh, some, some. I'm also a lovable creature. Please don't touch my face. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Some good agricultural uh, talk to get us started. Anyway, we better talk about some magic if we have to. <laughs> this is allegedly a uh, commander podcast, but we'll get there, and, and hence why uh, you know, kind of why Chris Von Doom's on the podcast. But at the same time, we we just love hanging out with lovely people and, and talking whatever comes up. So um, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna uh, kind of hoof over into uh, Brewers Notes and, and see what's been going on in the world of magic. Um, Pretty much. I've got a beef with that. That was a bad pun. Ah, there you go. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, actually, because uh, <laughs> uh, I've always got decks and stuff on the run, and that's usually what this segment's about. What's uh, any any new kind of cards we've found, or things we're excited to brew around, or kind of ideas that are sticking around that aren't fully formed yet, but um, you know, kind of openly discuss them, that kind of thing. Um, so have a think, uh, Chesh and Chris, if you if you want to chime in there. But I'll start it off with the first thing, apart from. We can talk about some of the latest releases, which we didn't even really go into last week. Of you know, if if we if we need to, I know there's a couple of things we may be uh, mutually excited about. Um, you know, maybe some of the places we're going, but also uh, you know we've already been kind of assaulted by uh, you know Crimson Vow spoilers. Uh, sorry, um, uh, what do you call it? Preview cards, that kind of thing, and it's all you know. The same story goes on and on that uh, we we receive a lot of you know, product fatigue, but it is what it is. As long as the cards are exciting, whatever. Anyway, the the thing I was going to start off with was that kind of related to what I've been doing and excited about magic-wise this week has been um, actually getting into uh, Ryan from CCO Podcast, uh, Commander Cookout, um, and also uh, Commander Ad Popular. He's got a whole uh, series of tutorials on YouTube of how to alter cards because he does that as a, if you listen to our episode with him, I think it was like episode 25 or something like that. It was a little while back. But we had a great chat and uh, he does that pretty much for a living and he does an amazing job. And he even admitted, he's like, I didn't, I wasn't a painter per se before this. I kind of just got, you know, learned to get good at it, that kind of thing. And I was like, I was like, but how? And uh, he's, he's since put out an amazing set of tutorials on how to do it. 
And as I kind of, I told the story to a few people that I was looking for something to do to kind of ease my mind a little bit, you know, help with mental health and get away from the screen. And I was like, maybe I should do this. And Kate had a bunch of acrylics in the cupboard and um, my paints and I bought a couple of new brushes and just got to, you know, follow the tutorials and gave it a go. And I didn't, wasn't worried about it being any good or anything like that and and just really loved it. So highly recommend checking out um, those on, I think you can look them up by Command Ad Populum on YouTube and you'll find Ryan's mm-hmm. smiling face. And uh, yeah, he's super helpful. He's really descriptive of how to do it. And, you know, it's just like you can you can start doing it. It's it's such a great activity to start painting, um, you know, in this, this crazy busy world. Uh, it's a nice activity to calm the mind. And at the end of it, you actually have some cards that actually look pretty cool. So, yeah, I've got a little man of war and a mystical teachings and a couple of swamps and kind of got to work on uh, a bunch of stuff for uh, to mail out to friends. You know, not that it's any good, but it, it I guess it means something because my paintbrush was on it. So, yeah. That's that's what I got this week, but um, yeah. What about you guys? Um, I mean, I got, I got alters coming from Ryan, um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, he's working on. It's funny. He uh, we're working on a uh, Art Deco themed project. Ooh, nice, for nice. My, uh, for my favorite deck, uh, my Grixis, my Grixis artifact deck. Nice, um, nice. <laughs> but we were, we immediately also started joking when uh, uh, that roadmap of spoilers was unveiled, and that uh, <laughs> yeah, that I was about to say the, that the, the art deco <laughs> a mobster. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm actually really I can't even remember the name of that set because uh, uh, short term memory went used to be sometimes, but um, uh, I'm super hyped for that because yeah, art deco is awesome. Um, oh, I agree. Super super hyped. I hope it, I hope it's short. Uh, not short. Oh uh, yeah, shorts. Because I want I need some more Grixis <laughs> love. In my, yeah um but new decks i mean I, i've been playing prosper a lot oh interesting um, nice nice yeah as you know i built the um i built the pre-con but i mm-hmm. ripped out prosper and went uh Karazakar. but yeah no yeah. very keen to hear that how that's going oh it's beautiful i mean it's i, I um for me it's a very cool legend because uh people across the power spectrum seem to be excited about him mm. uh, i can't remember if it's stuck in cdh i saw some people like theorizing um, but I know I've heard, and anytime I, I mention I want to play it with strangers, and people like, oh, um, my friend has a prosper deck, and I, I saw it pop off. I'm like, oh, I'm not saying this guy can't pop off, but um, um, I keep comparing it to the breakfast uh, machine in the beginning of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> um, nice, nice. I'm doing this like really convoluted, unnecessary thing to try to generate extra treasures for like a somewhat big Torment Hellfire. Oh, uh, totally, or, totally. Uh, you know, some, uh, so, something ridiculous like that. I, I'm running a, a glimpse, was it glimpse tomorrow? The yeah, red, yeah. Um, so, like, uh, I've had a couple games where just with my extra treasures, I'm like, cool, I'm going to shuffle 22 permanents into my library. And Oh, I, I adore that card. Let's, the, see, uh, what, let, let, let's see what happens. It's that, uh, it's that it's, great it's Aurora a, moment, yeah. Yeah, um... Yeah, it's it's won some games. It's won a lot of not it has not won a lot of games, but it's <laughs> uh, people are excited to see. It. I get to play Ice Cauldron. Mm-hmm, um, true. Uh, uh, got Uba Mask in there. Uh, a lot of lot, lot of cool stuff. Elkin Lair. I love the weird cards uh, that people are just like. What what's that do? <laughs> I'm like awesome. Let me tell you. Oh yeah, um, that is amazing too. And there's something really funky about like m- mostly like operating out of the exile zone as well, which feels really cool about that deck. You're like, oh, this is this is interesting. Playing in a temporary space in a way. I like, mean, I, I always joke that my grave. I call my graveyard my third hand. 
Yeah, uh, totally. People who, follow, who, people who play with me or follow me know how much I love love using my graveyard. Um, so Prosper is kind of me using my fourth hand. Uh, and it's kind of cool. Totally, totally. And uh, yeah, so the name of that set, though, as I said, uh, Streets of New Capenna. Interesting. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it's. I, I was glad you uh, you said that too. I was like, I wonder how you feel about an Art Deco set. And I think it'd be actually really cool. And like to see in the the little oh, the preview art for have you know basically a business demon is pretty great. And um, it feels and, very. It's it's that uh, what do you even call it? Um, that that kind of modern like Romeo and Juliet in a way like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very. I don't even know what to call that because I'm not I'm not that smart. But uh, yeah, it's me either. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I, I started, I started teasing about it a little bit on, uh, on Twitter, but I will, uh, when that set comes out, I'm going to talk a little bit more about some of my, um, family's personal relationship with, with the mafia, since it looks like that's going to be out mob, uh, Ooh, interesting. set with gangsters. So I will, some people have heard me talk about it a little bit in private, but I, I'll start sharing some stuff. There's some wild, there's some wild stuff. There's a reason my, there's a reason my dad kind of distanced me from some of my cousins. Interesting. Yeah, I want to hear some uh, some Chris Chris Von Doom um, kind of uh, <laughs> deep lore, as it were. No, I love it, love it. I'll, I'll cut some videos. I'll put out some fresh prosciutto and some good sharp <laughs> provolone. Uh, maybe make some manicotte, and uh, it'll be it'll be a good time. Amazing, amazing. Now I have to say too, it's like in in a time where we're like, oh, there's so much product fatigue, and everything's coming out, and it's all whatever. Yeah. We've ha- we've had these chats too that it's like, yeah, that that is that whatever. There is two sides to it. Yes, there's a there's a commercial pressure for them to go. Well, you know, why wouldn't you want to make money? And so they therefore throw everything you have at making more stuff. Uh, and mm-hmm. we're going to buy it, of course. I mean, you know, not all of us, but like people are going to buy it. That's the point. I will say always there is that side of it. The people actually making it are putting every bit of heart and soul into it. You know, and and there's always new mechanics coming out. There's always new uh, focus on art and keeping things interesting. I can't think of sets that feel like a a you know kind of flavor. You know, it's it's never a boring time, so to speak. Like it's never like oh here's here's this uh, dull kind of moment, whatever. Um, you know, there's still always new things happening for them to go. Oh, what what's next? And and you know, that's the the genius of like the magic world, really, that you can go anywhere essentially. So here's here, here here's my thing. Since we, since we keep talking about product fatigue, um, I personally, I personally do not have product fatigue, um, and that's because I don't fully engage with the product. Um, when when I feel overloaded, I'm able to kind of tune out. I know everyone's not capable. We can go. We can go into all the nuances why maybe this isn't isn't going to work for everybody. But I'll get that acknowledgement out of the way. But for me, um, it's, it's just cool. Like, I know it's spoiler season right now. I, I, I've seen some things. I've commented on a couple things. But in general, in one ear, in one ear, out the other. Um, yeah, totally, totally. When, I, when I'm ready to think about buying something uh, or printing something, since that's tend to that's tend to tends to be what I do instead, um, I'll start paying more attention. Yeah. You know, I know, I know it's, that's a little harder for content creators. Um, yeah. But I also know there's a couple like CCO, uh, the way they handle preview season, um, it it works for them, and it, especially totally. like the rapid pace it comes out. So we don't we don't need to talk about every single card that's come on out. Yeah. Um, we're not going to play them in EDH specifically, so why why worry about it? Um, 
again, again, we could we could get into the pitfalls <laughs> of it all, and I, I I'm not I'm not ignoring them. I'm just saying if you if you feel really fatigued about it, like either stop worrying about it all and unplug for a second, or think about maybe like are, are are you still enjoying it? Yeah, totally, you, totally. I, it's it's okay to have an honest conversation with yourself. The answer is no. Don't force yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. That's 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 not a good idea. Hundred percent. And I th- I think uh, whether you're you know kind of just a casual kind of absorber of, of of the game or a content creator, whatever. Regardless, it's like if you're feeling a pressure to keep up, I don't think you know it's not healthy. You and should. it's yeah, we yeah. should be having fun exactly. And and I, I think that's a great point that you've seen a few. We've seen a few kind of content creators that might usually do a set review or even like you know be so on top of everything coming out. And it's like. For them to go, no, we don't need to be, and like they can be as they can be as surprised as anyone. You know? What's that? I, I'll be honest. I, I really hate set reviews. No, me too. Like, I, like, I, yeah. I personally don't even. I barely even listen to them because I'm like, I, I like I like coming up my own. I want to make up my own mind when it comes to yeah, part of evaluating yeah, yeah. What, what what appeals to me, what I think works for me, um, and I just don't want the extra noise pollution kind of crowding my judgment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, it's it's. I've I've kind of had a few chats with um some friends this week about even uh, from our side perspective, just going, oh, it's there's an inherent pressure as also uh, as well to keep up in commander, and 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 I think, uh, you know, certain places going, oh, you know, running all the staples, that kind of thing. That's a whole other situ- like <laughs> conversation yep. we can have. Yep. But it was kind of my reassurance to go. It seems that way, I know, and I know products kind of make can make you feel that way, and, and certain creators can make you feel that way. You got to keep up with this power that kind of shifting, and it's like I don't know, it's like it. maybe it feels like an ass for you that it's like it's it's it doesn't have to be the case, like you know. My meta at this point is webcam ADH. Exactly, Everyone exactly. Talks about, oh, my meta, meta, my meta. Well, cool. Well, my my meta is whoever I play with online at this point. Yeah, and which is a good um, snapshot, actually. Like it's it's quite broad. Often, yeah. yeah. I've I've had one maybe two games that didn't go well. Yes, and yeah. outside you know outside of that, anything that has been unfun has either been you know I agreed to it, and so I I hate using that term unfun. Unfun yeah. is when I get mana screwed or flooded. So it's just like <laughs> yeah, that's when I'm not having fun individually. Exactly, like yeah. But it's accepting what what goes on a game is part of the game. Oftentimes too, like you mm-hmm. know, and and it's how to manage your own expectations and, and the kind of, you know, the, the demeanor and attitude you bring to the game too, which is, you know, that's, that's a lot of it basically. Come and willing to compromise. Like totally. Like we, it, there's so much talk about rule, like rule zero, this rule zero that, you know, if you're playing this card, I don't want to play against you. Like, yeah, I think yeah. it's fair. I think it's fair to protect your free time. So I think it, it yep. is fair to be like, Hey, if you're playing like a super grindy, like reanimator deck and I only got an hour, um, do you, do you have something else you could play, or uh, if not, like you guys mind if I have to scoop mid game? Like, is that going to piss people off? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, ha- ha- have that, have that honest conversation. You can protect, you can protect your free time mm. without shitting on someone else's. Yes, exactly. Is, is really what I'm getting. And so, it, there was that yeah. conversation this week about like when to scoop, uh, you know, sorcerer speed all yeah. that. And it's like, guess what? You know what? Like within all respect people have lives too and kids and things yeah. and there's going to be times like i remember kate had to go to the hospital i've got to leave literally a stream halfway through i have to do it and it's like i yeah. you know there's times like that i mean i know i i don't think it changes too much like whether you you know i won't get into that as far as when to when to uh you know scoop from a game 
uh, tactically, I guess. But you know, that's that's trying to gain an edge more or less. But you know, I, I mean, know. My, my table policy has always been if you scoop in response to a trigger or something like that, the trigger happens. Like, oh yeah, totally, totally, exactly. So like, so so you're like, oh, in response. I mean, cool. Like, well, <laughs> you you leaving will actually go on the bottom of the stack. Everything's yeah. going to happen first, and exactly. then you can bounce. Yeah, yeah. No, no, hard agree. But um, yeah, exactly. It's it's you know, people of lives that kind of thing. Um, you know, generally yeah. goes back to our, our original point of like, hey, it's a game, let's enjoy it. You know, like it's exactly. Um, but yeah, that's there's there's been those discussions too. Like rule zeros became such a thing that it is, it's almost like, uh, sometimes it feels like people have to excuse everything and go, oh, I'm running mill. Is that okay? You know, it's like it's part of the game. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it's fair. I I will always. I would never discourage someone from being courteous. Yes. So exactly, sure. exactly, like, exactly. Like, yes, mill is part of the game, but again, maybe maybe someone just came out of mill game and that like, <laughs> dragged on for super long. Yeah, that's that's just, true. That's true. Or they've had a personal bad experience with a certain card or a certain deck, right? Like uh, Brave Pact is the easy example for me because it's a card that I do like to play, yes, but I understand yes. people's feelings about it. So anytime I, I, at this point, I only have it in one deck. Mm. And whenever I want to play that deck, I would ask the people, does anyone care? If the answer is yes, and I still really want to play that deck. I either, uh, uh, I ask, hey, does anyone, can I draw an extra card if I draw it? Like, I'll just discard it and draw a fresh one. Yeah. Or, or just keep in my hand and not play it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, that, that's, that, just because you can do something doesn't mean you have to do it. That's right, um, and I think in the right company too, like you say, if, if you yeah. know, generally on on the in the uh, you know, uh, if everyone's of the same expectation, like I was thinking, Chesh, the other, you, I think a few weeks back, you played Grave Pact in your uh, in in the dungeon deck, and it was it mm-hmm. in in the right situation, it becomes a really kind of great mini game to work around that is intensely powerful, of course, but it's like mm-hmm. crap, I've really and it's kind, it can be the like depending on the way you look at it, like quite stimulating to go this really kind of has my number right now. And like, how am I going to work around this? And like, I can't really stick creatures to the board right now, you know? And it sucks if you can never find an answer to it, but like, I don't yeah. know. It's. I get it. I, I've been at the tail end of humility. several times. <laughs> yeah. I always talk about how much I hate uh, super friends decks. Yeah. And it's because of my friends, five color super friends deck where the first, every game, he just gets humility out as quickly as possible. Yeah. And it just sucks. Yeah, like, no, exactly. And it's like, there's just, he loves it. There's just like, there's no way to get through that wall yep. in a way. Like, it, there it. is technically, but it takes forever, exactly. Yeah. So I play against it, and he understands that there will come a point where I'm just like, dude, that, you, you got it, man. I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> and it's cool. Like, exactly. Everyone's happy. Everyone got what they wanted out of it. Yeah. Some people are like, well, I didn't get the wins. So it's not what I want out of it. But like, you always, you always get what you want. Again, it's, exactly. It's a game, it's a social interaction. So you have to be willing. Yes, because we're all we're all kind of going to a table of four people and trying to uh, you know mm-hmm. all get a piece of that you know what you want pie as it were and um, you know there's like you say you do have to compromise it at some point but as I try and put it anyway it's like I'm usually just absolutely thrilled and stoked and and grateful to be sharing a table with people across the world generally yeah, as absolutely. as the baseline and it goes from there basically so yeah for sure. Um, that's a good point, actually, about EDH and, and, you know, spell table and playing with so many different people these days. I was surprised, too, in the last year or so. I've literally only had, I think, one or two bad interactions with kind of people. Generally, you know, we talked about it before. It's, it's just people that are kind of uh, not approaching the game 
the greatest way socially or anything like that and, and you know, being quite disruptive as far as, you know, not respecting what's going on or, or you know, the people at the table, that kind of thing. And and being quite rude as well. And um, I was actually in one with Lenny and we, we kind of had, we had a great chat. That. We had a great chat afterwards and I was like, well, I'm surprised I hadn't had one of those games, but I almost needed one just to kind of go, yeah, you know, that, that does happen. But like, uh, it is. I always remember, my, my people now too, like, especially with some of the updates to Skull Table, you know, someone's being, mustn't be a bully about it, but someone's being a complete dick. I can kick him from the game, yeah. or just leave, or leave and hit up everyone else. Be like, you guys just want to form a new game, without that path, yeah, yeah, and start a new one. Like, you're, you're, um, again, don't, don't, don't be rude, don't be, mm. don't abuse it, but protect your fun, protect your mental health. And yeah. if you're just in the middle of a game and it's not going great, it's okay. It's okay to not play that game. Yeah, totally, totally. But, um, yeah, no, hard agree. Um, Chesh, any anything you've kind of been looking at last this last week or so? Anything with new sets or anything, or uh, or you kind of just just kind of going by the flow? I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm a bit over magic when it's like <laughs> set overload constantly. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, sure. So I haven't I haven't really been looking at the spoilers or anything yep. or the previews whatever you would call them just because i'm like i've gotten to that point where i'm like you know what i just if i don't feel special anymore give a shit right now yeah no fair fair (laughs) yeah they don't they don't feel special um it's weird that we're at this point now where it's like the once highly anticipated and lauded (laughs) mighty preview season yeah has been not not overrun by itself, like in different sets, but the sets are so close at the moment. Yeah. Or at least they feel so close because of all the supplemental shit. There's no But it's room. just like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, you know what? Flesh and Blood looks really good, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, what? It kind of does Every actually, high level pro and content creator is doing Flesh and Blood content. I wonder why, Wizards. Maybe yeah. you uh, take, take a step back and. And have a fucking breath and, and figure out why. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've I've been looking at making decks. Um, and when I say I've been looking at, I mean I've been pulling out commanders and then procrastinating because I know I need to make. Oh, some that's new what decks. I do too. And you just look at them and go, "How does this look in this like shimmering light today?" Well, I'm like, mm. No, <laughs> I look at them and I go, "But why don't I just play my favorite commander rather than like trying something different?" Because to be honest, <laughs> I get so I, I feel so much I have so much more fun when I'm playing a commander that I love. There you go. Rather exactly. than a new commander. Yeah, no, I get that. Um and and you know, sometimes that's fine. And then other times I need to consider the play group that I'm playing with, like you oh, know. True. I don't think I've ever I got can't... an issue with what you bring to a table. I'll say that. Well, no, not you, but <laughs> other, other people that we invite in um, and and certain commanders that, that they don't like because they feel they're unfair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, look, is is a valid argument when it comes to something like Eureka the Tiger Shadow, right? Eureka's. Where Eureka is a very good commander. Yeah. But is only as good as the decks it's up against. I is guess. the point? I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy to shut down Eureka. Yeah. Like, and and if you have problems with Eureka being played, it means that your deck doesn't, you know, maybe just doesn't have 
uh, enough ways to deal with you. And, and they don't have to be highly sophisticated answers. Either. They can be unsummoned. They can be all kinds of things, you know, like it's exactly like mm. Mm. simple answers. Maybe just play. I don't know. I, I don't want to be like, hey, just play more answers. But like, I don't know. Interaction generally is, I mean, this is off the back of our chat with uh, Dan about CDH last week. When it comes down to it, maybe not all the interaction, but more interaction generally, I, I, I like to put it, I generally have more fun when people are interacting in a way. And it's like there's there's more conversations being had, that kind of thing. Skeleton ships getting sunk a few times, and that's cool. That's fun. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. that's things are happening rather than the solitaires or whatever. But, like, I again, I'm never going to tell someone how to play. It's just observations, I guess. Well, as, as I always say, um, I hate playing against skeleton ship. <laughs> I know. Skeleton ship. <laughs> I have but, a lot of hate uh, playing, uh, relationship playing it. I will never tell you not to bring it to the table, no. and I'll absolutely focus on, on killing your commander as much as possible. Yeah. Because it's the way to control that deck. It is because... Like you, you, at the end of the day, you need to understand how to play against particular commanders or particular decks... How can you shut it down? How can you weaken that deck? Yep. How can you water it down so it doesn't feel like that deck has it over you? Yes. Yeah. Rather than, you know, rather than like, well, I just don't want you to play this deck because I I feel it's unfair. Well, it's not. You just need to learn how to play against the deck properly. It can be, it's like, it's a pattern in, in goldfishing and building decks too. It can be like, the, like oh, I want to put this new... Uh, shiny thing in there that kind of furthers my synergy but you can often look at the end deck list and you're like oh well, well this is just it's all about this one objective whereas like running mm. not generic answers sometimes you can find the answers that kind of synergize your deck too they can exist and i love when you can find those they're super cool like one of my favorites is like shenanigans if if a car like a deck cares about a little bit of like dredge and a little bit of I run the liquid metal talk now, like in, in any kind of mono red or like Rakdos deck. And you go make that an artifact shenanigans it. And then I get back the spell when I need it later, like things like that. They're nifty little things that are really satisfying, but they are like a little, you know, a vegetable answer sometimes. And you kind of do need those. Um, of course, just to, again, it's like, you know, I know swords of plowshares is a swords of plowshares, but like sometimes exactly what you need. Exactly. So, um, you know, it's, it's why it's a good card and, and it's why, things need to be stopped at certain points. And and I think I've said about two split second is my like big answer to these and, and how much I respect that mechanic these days for those kind mm-hmm. of things. Like that, my estimation yeah. of how powerful split second is, is like times a hundred these days. I'm like, wow, that makes such a difference. And, um, you know, like you, what's the one that makes zero twos? Uh, Oh, basically turns all the, it, it reduces all the, uh, the creatures that someone has into zero twos and with no abilities. <sighs> Oh, love that. sudden spoiling. Love sudden, sudden spoiling. spoiling. Yes. It, oh yeah. That's My an answer. Butter. That is an answer. Like, and it's it's beautiful and it's it's amazing. And there's going to be gasps, like anime gasps at the table, and you know that kind of stuff. So you know, get them, put them in your deck. It's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, I feel you, Chesh. I feel you, and I think that's the whole point too. It's like if if we're feeling like it's a bit much and whatever, like, you know, are we not excited anymore? Then, you know, that's that's more than enough reason to go. That's fine. I even like the, like the, the Mr. Bevers way. I remember what he said. He goes, I, I tend to not even interact with spoiler season or, or previous season and then look to hopefully when we can, of course, but you get those first few packs of cards and maybe just do a pre-release. And you're like, what's this card? And like you're playing it for the first time and that, that can be a way to feel that delight again of you know, what a new set is like and because you're literally finding out what the cards do on the fly and it's, it's a yeah. lot of fun for sure. Me and my best friend used to do um, um, our store uh, pre-release weekend is Friday events, uh, all events on Saturday and Sunday. 
and Sunday uh, at noon is um, two headed uh, two headed giant. Oh, nice! Love that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like so, him and I would always be partners, and nine times out of ten, just because of how we work together and how busy we are a lot of times at work, we wouldn't look at spoilers until uh, Saturday night. <laughs> and it's and like, like it's, yeah, that's pure so bottle like, joy, oh, you know? Like cool. it's great. Yeah, exactly. And but that's also why I'm very bad at um, um, uh, what is that? Uh, Drafter sealed. I'm, I'm just <laughs> no, it's fun, and so you don't have to. Be I got. Ready. I ain't got time to study. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I love it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as as it were, a lot of stuff coming out. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, if if people feel like interfacing with whatever's coming out for the new Innistrad set, which looks kind of fun, there's some werewolf stuff going on, some cool zombie mechanics. And again, I think I will say it as long as the cards are cool, as Dan said last week. And and I think generally, I we we are seeing interesting new designs where we you know as they as they come yeah. out, like cool, I like that, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, every card is you know if you're going to engage with it on Twitter is going to start, spark a new whole conversation, whatever. You don't have to be part of it all. <laughs> it's fine, just relax. <laughs> it's fine. Like yeah. Um, the one thing I will I have to mention now because the card I just pulled up has uh, reminded me before we move on to uh, Chris Von Doom's story and Commander in General, you know, life, whatever was uh, Gisa Glorious Resurrector, which looks like a really fun card. Look it up, whatever. Um, I don't think yep. I don't think it's too... It's not like a Turgrid or like even... I don't think Turgrid's bad, seriously, as far as it's, it's how you use it, I guess. But... We'll play Mono, mono Black, uh, your stuff. Yeah, totally. I mean, Gisa looks like a fun Mono Black command anyway. But it's it's, it's really cool. Artwork, awesome, um, by Yonjay Choi. And there was a there was a tweet today, and I don't even like... I don't even like fully like bringing it up because I feel like it brings more attention to the the moron that said it. But basically, someone called out and, <laughs> and uh, said, "Oh, why can't uh, I, do I do I read it? Like quote it? Maybe not. But basically said, why can't you know? Why is all this uh, magic art kind of coming out not with like you know curves and the women are really bland and that kind of thing? And uh, female MTG content creators, you know, wish." Uh, uh, that I've spoke to actually wish that, you know, they could be more and, you know, Gavin Verhey, can you please do something about it? Like literally tagging and to see uh, basically a bunch of the community just go, get fucked. Like, you, are you kidding me? Like you're dismissing a piece of art because you, you don't have, you know, uh, this this kind of over-sexualized kind of style. Like, oh, my God. I got, I got quite involved in that. Uh, I shouldn't say quite. We gave it some shit and uh, and talked about it a little bit, but like, first off, I love that everyone's still dunking on him. Yeah, even, right now that, <laughs> even now, even though he deleted that that tweet, yeah, and went private, yeah. Um, but just the <laughs> on so many levels, it's just like, dude, like, are you are are you are you so you're saying you're you're upset that your magic cards no longer sexually arouse you? Yeah. Is that is that is that really that that sounds like the core of your problem is that you don't find the, these women sexy? Yeah, and but on your card game, um, and be like, having that kind of just that that, that vibe. I Meanwhile, well, your profile photos, you and your pregnant wife, like that, mm. that's just an odd odd uh, look to have publicly. And I guess that's kind of all the airway that I want to get. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say it's uh, Andre Garcia had a great tweet about it. I retweeted that one, which oh, is yeah. just imagine calling this art bland and going yeah. just 
you know, uh, the artist blew the the composition absolutely out of the water, and you see the face of Giza, uh, like oh mm-hmm. my god, like it's like there's so much so on character. Oh, totally, Giza is so ecstatic there, um, in a way that reminds me of the the personality of like a Tappy Toe clause or something, like you know, just like surrounded by in a scene that seems so wacky and they're like oh terrifying with all these zombies but it's like this is awesome i've got this meat cleaver and a shovel and it's like this is where i want to be this is the best um yeah an amazing piece i will also say the showcase um since before we run anything else the showcase of this uh, art style this uh set deeply speaks to me Mm. out of everything that's been spoiled so far i am still most excited for the showcase basic lands uh so anyone listening uh, if you if you're a fan of mine, if you're a friend of mine, uh, if you happen to crack any full swamps that you're not gonna oh, walk, yeah. let me know. I'm happy to take them off your hands. Now I only saw a I think a quick snapshot of these. Are they the noir ones? Like they're kind they're like, of- the, they're like black and white. Yeah, and but the the, the, the borders are color like color splashed. Uh, and it looks like purple has become the unofficial color of black. Totally, totally. Um, and I, I I'm here for it. Yeah, I me love, too. I love purple. So I'm into it. It vibes with my uh, dark heart. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. And I think even in you're talking about the uh, there's also that border uh, the border treatment on on some of them as well, which kind of evokes a little mm-hmm. bit of like the uh, the storybook treatment. I kind of for like mm-hmm. Throne of Eldraine is quite nice as well. But um, yeah, yep. we'll, we'll get to those. They'll come out. It feels like they're really yeah. quick, whatever. But yeah, no, yeah. whatever. Um, it'll be it'll be the end of September before we know it, and we'll be talking about the next thing exactly. or not. Because yeah. if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have. To. Yeah, and as we said before, if you like frames and different treatments and that kind of thing, or like different uh, flavor on your your magic cards, go uh, go check out uh, Ryan's auctions on CCO on um, mm-hmm. on on Facebook, and you'll find something that absolutely speaks to you. I, I guarantee you. He did one this week. It was hey. Rogue's Passage, and it was the friggin' like the trench from Star Wars, and it made yeah. me smile so much. Like that was awesome. It was also very reasonable for uh, requests uh, for uh, for custom authors. So, like, absolutely, if, if you have if you have an idea, you should definitely at least talk to him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, lovely person, and uh, yeah, an absolute yep. artisan of the craft, and has helped Total me out seven. very much. Uh, you know, for something I don't intend to make any money out of, or even do ever do something for people or whatever. I just do this for fun, the painting part now. But he's kind of he's helped out so much, and he's just really happy to to hear other people get into it as well. So, love it. Um, yeah, that's 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 that. That's that's your long winded brewers notes. What are you dropping, Chesh? What's going on over there? Grand Warlord Rada. Oh, <laughs> now. <laughs> you play the I, game I just, like throw all these cards up and then like whichever commander like appears like a tarot no, card. No, like, no, I'm no. going to build that. <laughs> no, dude, dude with pregnant wife. Oh, really? Oh, Dick, the, com- Dick the, the comment. I'm call him Dickface. Yeah, yeah. The Jake, com- your name is Dickface. The, Congratulations, The Dickface. comment about Grand Warlord Rada. No, no. no. So because, because, okay, so look. Uh, as we discussed, the tweet from from Dickface yes. uh, was basically saying that the characters are bland and never have any type of curvature or focus on their body. Ah, gotcha. Right. So, so I found what I would consider uh, the MTG side of thick talk, yeah. um, which is Grand Warlord Rada, uh, also, and decided Rebecca. to 
Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yes, but I, I just wanted to go with one example. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I, I put in quotation marks, wow, I want curves. And then not that many curves. Yes, exactly. Exactly. No, go back to like Sask- it's just like Sasuke as well. Like, you, is it an awesome piece? Yeah, like, yeah. You, you got exactly what the fuck you're asking for. You exactly. dick face. Oh, just you like the stick face. Congratulations, dick face. Sexually obje- objectifying thing. Like, it just yeah. It, goddamn man. Like, seriously. And and if anyone wants to know why I think that dick face over motherfucker or anything like that is is the the worst thing you can call somebody, it's because dicks are ugly. Dicks are very damn, ugly. Damn so straight. calling somebody dick face well, is basically saying, you're so ugly that I wouldn't even fuck you. You are we so think, ugly we th- we think that, that I want to hit you with a like pan. This. Oh, totally, totally. You are a dick face. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah. Sorry, I just had to get in there because you guys were talking and I was letting it go. And I was like, <laughs> I, was gonna say, I, I really even... want to interject here. <laughs> I, I won't even and get into was the... Like, um... I'm just going to tweet it. Yeah, dude, oh, totally. No, don't uh, warrant it. I was going to say, I won't even talk about the uh, the, the various, uh, what do you call it, phallic-themed magic cards over the years that are <laughs> like mighty suggestive. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, I love it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's let's talk more about the good times and, uh, you know, the, what you're yeah, all I mean, about. That was the good times. Yeah, I, I had the good a lot times. of good reading. No, Chesh, you're reading, from- reading people's tweets about it it's hilarious yeah wait a second there's good times no chesh i love your tweet that's good <laughs> it's great um no it's let's, let's find out more about your story chris and um you know it's it's as i said before i think i always enjoy your perspective generally on magic which is like keeping it real let's all have a bloody good time because it's a game and it's like you know let's not before we do that stress too hard yeah what's up I, I want to know, Chris, where does the Von Doom aspect come in? Oh, I was going to ask that too. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing it's clearly not Victor Von Doom. I mean, I'm just a massive Victor Von Doom fan. Like, I God damn it. It, it! That is what it is. It's always been my favorite comic book character. <laughs> yeah. Um, just such an awesome look. Yes. Such a just a... Um, like especially when you, when you learn the backstory about a lot of the why behind the stuff that he's done that people are like he's an asshole it's like mm. well actually um here let's talk about his mom for yeah a hot yeah second. um or what would have what would have been his wife um it's just there's a lot of layers and i love mm. complex villains um, Me too. Or, again, or, or the, the fact that what what he's doing he thinks he's absolutely 100 percent the right thing to do for yep. Latveria and for the world and yep. sees all the pain and suffering. And it's like, but if you had one person controlling all of this, you could take all of that away and I would just rule you all. But I'm not ruling you all because I want to. I'm ruling you all because I have to, to make sure yep. that, you know, everything is better. And the only way I can make things better is if I stop you from hurting yourself. Yep. It's the Ultron. Mm. Yeah, so it's the it's the Ultron with a little less. Ultron was just like, hey, everyone, everyone has to go. And <laughs> you all have to behind. die. That's the only way yeah. I can protect Doom you. Doom was just like, you, you all live. Have to die. You just have to. You just have to listen to me. Yeah, yeah. You live by my rules, and you live. Yep. Yeah, because exactly. life is complex. Like, and that's the whole yeah. point. And I, I love that too. When when fictions do complex villains and they go everything is oh. a slippery slope. Everything is a cause and effect, and and you know, there's there's motivations here and there that. Make most things a bit more morally grey than they seem, you know, which is great. Love that. And speaking of, for those for those of you who perhaps don't engage with comic stuff outside the movies, mm-hmm. um, I do implore you 
to pick up the Marvel podcast Old Man Star-Lord uh, because that is a Victor Von Doom storyline and cool. it is very good. And we'll show you some of those motivations um, and it'll also show you some of the, the steps that Victor Von Doom took um, to wipe out the Avengers and many other of us superheroes. Mm. I, I also just suggest picking up the trades for um, uh, Infamous Iron Man, which is his run as Iron Man, uh, trying Ooh. to atone for his past. Uh, and it is... Um, there's some moments where it's like it could have been a little bit better uh, as far as like the writing goes, but the plot, I mean, the concept is great, like- and the armor, um, I, it just blows my mind. Yeah. Now, speaking of... Uh- you know, Von Doom's uh, uh, armor kind of design and stuff too. It's always, I have to uh, be remiss if I didn't bring up MF Doom, the rapper, um, mm-hmm. you know, an absolute, yeah, rest in peace and everything from last year. But it's, Prophet's the one I talk to about Doom a lot. <laughs> Prophet's a massive fan, <laughs> uh, Prophet of Aries. Yep. But uh, yeah, like absolutely love listening to Doom and Doom made a whole moniker about it. Like, you know, like completely inspired by um that and and you've got like the sound clips and the uh, the music as well, which is amazing. So um, another little like touch point to check out for sure. Mm. So yeah, no, it's, it, I'm glad we confirmed that because I I wasn't I was fairly certain that was the the inspiration, but it's it's good to hear it from the uh, the Doom's mouth, as it were. <laughs> I've had some people. I've had I've had more than a few people actually think it was my real last name, and I'm like, I wish. Oh, that's so fucking rad! Like <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm. Kidding me. Yeah. No, I was going to ask, and, and I was going to ask Chesh very quickly, what would your name be if you uh, were to change it? And then I already know the answer because you, you're going to. Yeah, I was going to at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been Void Star. <laughs> the best. <laughs> Singular, too. Like, how cool would that look on a, uh, on a, a, a driver's license? Like, just done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, I was, I was a musician, so. Yeah. So yeah. was that, it was. The, the name of your, is it your band? Or? It was my stage name. Your stage no, name, literally, stage sing, name. singular, yeah. not the band. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Love it. So on all of our posters and stuff, like everyone had quite normal names and then you have like Star. <laughs> you know, so I love it. Something really powerful about a singular name and um, and always enjoy that kind of thing too. Um, sports sports uh, players often do it too, or, you know, have done it from time to time. Always think of Nene was, was a great one. It's like, that's, that's just powerful. That's cool. Anyway, um, but yeah, so Chris, uh, Commander, life, everything. Um, yeah, where, where do you bring your kind of your view of everything from and like what's your, what's your general kind of, uh, what's your brand as it were? Like maybe, maybe you can do the best to kind of explain that and we can, we can go from there and, you know, how you've been feeling about everything. Oh, sure. I mean, I guess my, I approach Commander pretty much, I guess the way I approach life, like I'm, I'm not, I don't consider myself old, but I'm older than a lot of people. Um, I'm older than a lot of people think as well, which is always, Mm -hmm. still amuses me after all these years (laughs) to see people's reactions. Um, um, I I don't know. I I, I was raised to not be an asshole. I was raised to, um, regardless of someone's uh, race, religion, uh, sexual orientation, whether I agreed with them or disagreed with them, you always try to approach every interaction with some sort of respect mm-hmm. um, and assuming positive intent um, when, when interacting with people. Mm. Um, you know, I read a lot. Uh, I read a lot. I'm a big Kurt Vonnegut fan, and um, his 
reading a lot of his um, his relationship with depression mm. um, uh, resonates a lot with me. Uh, so, like, his, his, he was a humanist, and a lot of his his principle was life is hard. Yep. Uh, and if we are, uh, we should just be nice to each other and make it a little bit less hard. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's just generally how I try to, to approach everything. Uh, commander, my job, everyday life is just maybe just not being ready to fight <laughs> over everything at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Uh, but right. at the same time, also, also hold, holding people accountable when they, when they do fuck up. Yeah. Um, and step out of line and, um, or or come in hot with no good intentions at all. Like there are times when it's like, oh no, you're clearly here to instigate or to spread hate or just yeah, do yeah. some asinine bullshit. Yeah. Um, and uh, I am sometimes to my own detriment, I am quick in the draw with some <laughs> of my responses to uh, to stuff like that. No. Um, no, I, th- I think, like I say, it's I put it down to like keeping it real, so to speak, and and that's the way. It's definitely I view it because it's you know yeah. sometimes you will be the voice for I might have a kind of reaction to something I won't say anything about it. Maybe it's just the way I work or whatever. And it's you know it's it's I think it is important. It's the neutrality favors the oppressor sometimes. Not that that's all you're saying about you know, but it's you know yeah. especially we we are in a fandom that has problematic things happening what feels like every day you know <laughs> like, yeah. and and it, mean- and it does take someone to go hey no that's not cool like you know. Like it, 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 it's um yeah I'm uh, you, you kind of nailed on the head a little bit because I've had um people message me privately when when I've either spoken about about you know something real or just like you know like, even bullshit like again like, like people just having um it could be a, mi- a microcosm of um the proxy conversation <laughs> yeah exactly right? which just the whole just the whole like oh well you know. Uh, the bruise the integrity of the game, or yeah, yeah. Um, my my favorite is well, if you start proxying this, all of a sudden all your decks are gonna have mana crypt in there. I'm like, oh, that that's a conscious decision. That's right. And whether whether the card is real or not, the problem is that there's a mana crypt in a deck that's at a table with other decks that don't have mana crypts in. Them. Yeah, yeah. So we're 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 avoiding the real problem <laughs> by, by 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 arguing about this straw man. Yeah. Um, but so it can be something as minor as that, and. In the past, I have definitely burned some bridges, um, and uh, I, I, I believe the larger content creators in general mm. have a uh, whether or not they agree. You kind of have a um, responsibility to yeah. the community. Yep, yep, like yep. You, you, you decided you wanted this. You got it. Mm-hmm. So there's you. You do have a responsibility of it, and, and the. Uh, the the way you talk, the things you say, drives us in a way. Yeah, it matters. Like we, we spent we spent four years uh, uh, dealing with a president here in the states who would say rancid, hard shit, and we would all flip out and freak out. But then we'll let our be- uh, 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 a content creator we like, or a cosplayer we like, or uh, a friend, a mother, a cousin say some hard rancid shit or do something that's completely out of pocket and mm. it's like maybe you had good intentions but you don't understand why this is wrong um that's the kind of stuff that i i, I do tend to react to it's like hey like the the venom in your the venom in the way you're speaking about um 
proxies mm. or someone who's more known for the CDH community suggesting, hey, you should play these really good removal spells like hibernization and try to claim that they're being um, pedantic mm. or uh, patronizing. You know, in reality, what they're trying to do is be helpful. Yeah, exactly. Um, and um, yeah, I, I just have no tolerance for that kind of shit. Yeah. And I've de- it's definitely led to me uh, earning, earning some... Uh, um, <laughs> Some folks are less less of fans than I uh, than others, and um, uh, I'm not quite welcome in a lot of spaces <laughs> at this point. But that's fine because I really don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't like, know. I say at, the, it, at the end of the at the end of the day, no one has to like me. Yeah, we don't have to like each other, um, but we do have to respect each other. We do again have to. Um, we can. We should be caring and paying more attention to the real things happening around us than. Uh, arguing about a fucking <laughs> I, I totally agree and i think that's that's a great point that there's certain times in life where uh you know perspectives can get a bit tunnel vision you can get you know absolutely yeah. just uh all you can see is the the close proximity and and like suddenly that makes little issues like in your own little sphere what can seem like you know proxies whatever and especially in twitter like it's just like that can seem like the biggest thing on the planet right now and it's like wow and you just get, people get really fired up and it's like you just if ever possible to find something to kind of zoom out from that, whether it is, you know, uh, sometimes kind of fiction or, or things outside of that. I always find watching Cosmos or something with like Carl Sagan mm-hmm. zooms me right the fuck out to go, hey, guess what? That ma- nothing matters. And it feels great. Like it's, it's, that's totally the point. It's like, hey, this is a game. Let's have fun. Like, are we really like, going to. If this is your escapism from reality. Yeah. You're getting bent out of shape on Twitter and calling <laughs> the entire CDH community pub stompers yeah. and like mass blocking everybody that has anything to do with CDH instead of maybe, oh, wow. I don't know, having having a real conversation about it. Like, hey, here's why I feel this way. Well, hey, like I, I, I hear you, but have you ever thought about this? No, instead, instead of having any productive adult conversations, the doors are slammed shut yeah. and communication is dead. And um, that's dangerous. It is. That's. A, I don't. I don't care how how positive people are in any other way. That is a dangerous way to operate, especially when you hold so many keys yeah. to the kingdom. Because it's very, very cl- like you. You just you you close those doors yeah. on any kind of other and possibility, and you kind of almost validate that those people are validating their own argument by going, "See, I don't hear anything else." Like, yeah, because you closed the door, didn't you? Like, yep. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, I feel you. Yeah, you like how he did all that without naming names, too, right? Exactly, exactly. Go, go do. I know, I know, do I know how this dance works. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just because, um, just because I'm on fire doesn't mean I need to set you guys on, right? <laughs> no, I don't. Get, and, and and that's I I, I do want to say we aim to be quite a neutral voice in all this too. That's yeah, important. Sure. It's very fucking important. And and that's you know. <laughs> I'll never say, "Hey, Chesh, stop complaining about things," because it's like, "Hey, guess what?" And there's I things that, to like. There's things we can get upset about. Trouble, so. Yeah, whatever. And it's like, I don't think that's the same thing too. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to look at this ever as like, we want to be something or like get anything out of it. This is our outlet as well. And, and, you know, again, sometimes issues may seem more real than they are, like, because like yeah. we're getting fired up about something. But at the end of the day, we'll always preface it like, we can always walk away. It's a card game. I don't care. Like, it's just like, yeah. and enjoy the company with, with, uh, you know, and the, the, uh, the company of the people we've met along the way. And, and, and again, that's why I always like, another way to keep it real is to kind of get comfy with that fact that you know the the, the game may not exist forever but whatever like i feel like there's a time where people couldn't play magic online with lenny yeah also playing with me 
and, Len- and, and Lenny and I haven't played together uh, uh, in quite a while. Oh, really? We, yeah. we still we still talk to, to each other uh, uh, quite on the regular. Same thing with Ginger Joe. I haven't played with Ginger Joe yeah. ever. But I talk to that man like once a week. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's that's I could I could stop. I can never play a game of Commander again. Uh, and I'd be cool. Yeah, totally. I've, I've I, I I I got a bunch of um, people I would actually consider friends. Uh, I got a bunch of people that I would I think are cool uh, online acquaintances. I really like to chat with there. Um, but again, but I also have people that are like drop of the hat. Like uh, if if Joe and uh, and Lenny lived in the same city as me, like we'd be hanging out all the all, all the fucking time. Oh, totally, so, totally. Like, the fact, and the fact that that came out of Playing Magic Online um, is pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's just a conduit. It's it's kind of amazing. Yeah. But yeah, no, totally. Like the, just these these uh, these it, it allows uh, you know quite an amazing way to connect with these these rare individuals. That oh, it seems like per capita. We've I've just I've found so many great friends this way, and it's the same deal. You know, you get a message from Joe during the week. You know, that just brightens my day, and it's like you know we we'll talk yep. about things, and sometimes it's it's actually for the most part. Yeah, it's really about magic these days. <laughs> it's yeah, great. <laughs> the best part we're talking, of it. Uh, we're, we're excited that uh, uh, spooky movie season's upon us. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, I was wondering what you know what I'm going to start with. Yeah. Um, we, we both really like the sh- the Netflix series for um, Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor. Oh, nice. And I'm a big fan of that writer and director. Uh, his name's Michael Flanagan. Yep. And he has a new show coming out uh, called Midnight Mass. Mm. Actually comes out the same day, I think, as Dungeon X Innistrad set. Um, so if you're into religious horror and you like oh, Haunting of t- Hill House, Fly totally. or uh, Doctor Sleep, uh, or Gerald's Game, oh, so okay. a lot of Stephen King adaptations. Um, yeah, check out Midnight Mass. What is, what is it about religious horror that's so darn effective? Like it's just it's, it it hits me in a different axis. I'm like I'm just so in for it. That's like it's it's terrifying. It's the aspect of like history, I guess, maybe that it's like there's something ancient and yeah. It just, yeah, but say it feels ancient. Like yeah. I was um so I was raised my dad's Roman Catholic, my mm-hmm. mom's Irish Catholic. Uh and I'm borderline uh uh atheist. Yeah. Uh, yep. But but I believe in this. But I actually kind of do believe in the supernatural. I don't. Oh, totally, I, I don't. Totally. I don't think there's. I don't think there's a god. But I think I do believe in ghosts. Yeah. Um. Um. There's just something really just like yeah, just ancient and um, just overwhelming, uh, for lack of a better way uh, of just, of again yeah, religious horror. Yeah. Totally. Imagery because it's like you're you're raised to feel one way about it and then you see it kind of perverted and twisted and it's just like even if it's not something you um you resonate with or on a belief level um mm. you know, seeing seeing a nun evil <laughs> or, oh yeah or, yeah or, or, it's just like oh what what is that what's happening yeah for sure yeah and feel free to I, chime I in on that sh- one too, Trish, because I know you'll have opinions. But it's um, yeah, it's it's something that's always like got me, and maybe it's also like the strength in history, of course, of of these kind of you know symbols and everything that we kind of know, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, be it massive churches, massive organs, and you know, um, but yeah, the the one I think of actually weirdly there, and you know, going off a little tangent, that's fine, but um, I've always got an affinity to the uh, oh, was where was it made? Um, the found footage horror movie Wreck REC. Um, that I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Um, no, it's fantastic. It is where was it made? I believe it's is it Spanish? 
yeah, it's a Spanish uh, zombie horror movie, which is like, yeah, it sounds pretty surface level. It's all, it's it's the type of movies I love are when the location is somewhat of a character as well. And so like often, and it's the stage play type thing. Um, this is something I love to talk to Lenny about because loves the theater and everything. But um, the, the, the kind of the self-contained area of that, that's pretty much where it takes place. That's it. And so therefore it, brings on another aspect like even like the movie parasite recently did that as well it's like hey you get to know this house in a way that's like an adventure game <laughs> you're like yep i know where that is that is that, that you know that kind of stuff and then like the first saw movie as well that did it amazingly yeah. but rec was amazing that it had that tension the whole time uh being quarantined in a building things are starting like shit's about to go crazy uh there's a select group of people you start to care about and then as things that inevitably take over being zombies that kind of thing and um you know the the kind of the claustrophobia event all that and then to find out secrets at the end that have i won't spoil too much but it's like religious connotations that was the cherry on top and it's like that was one of my favorite horror movies i don't think like everyone sees it as a great movie or anything but that's a that's a recommendation for sure that i, I i've got to watch again and like everything oh, i don't what's that i don't do horror Oh, not at all. Yeah, I didn't know about that. No. I, I didn't know where you sat on that, or um, yeah, kind of uh, where that scale was, Chesh. But no, exactly, and to each their own for sure. But um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not for everyone, especially uh, again given the given the, the real world. Every now and then, it's just like how much of extra. Yeah, really absolutely. And and for, yeah, go for it. Yeah, for me, it's just like I just don't, I don't get it. Like I don't understand mm. horror. Like, I watch horror and I'm like, this is just stupid. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's that weird thing. And I, I don't want to, like, shit over, you know, something that somebody else likes. And that's definitely not what I'm trying to get at. What I'm trying to get at is I don't understand watching something the why, yeah. to be spooked by it, to be scared by it. That just, for me, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, um, I agree. And, and it's- I, I have tried. And every time I'm just like, yeah, I think I'm just... I'm just one of those people who just doesn't dig horror. And, and, and like anything yeah. you can go into, you know, like it's like metal music. It's like there's so many different things it does, you know, like, um, but it's like the how and the why and different. I, I always enjoy hearing different directors talk about it and because what they might be like, oh, it's not about cheap thrills. It's about this. And, and, and almost that thing we're talking about, Chris, is like finding what is for me, you know, everyone's different. But for me, it's if something's evocative. And it's often about what I don't see that is more terrifying than ever. Mm-hmm. And that's in a great way, but terrifying in a way that is, uh, that's that's a feeling I did go into wanting to feel. I wanted to feel like there's, I don't know, it's not, I don't have to be scared, but it's like, it's 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 evocative. I don't know. I'm really bad yeah, at explaining like, like, yeah, I was I was talking about like, uh, Haunting Hill House and Blind Manor. Mm-hmm. Either one are mm-hmm. really scary. Like, like Haunting Hill House has some jump scare moments. Yeah. But Blind Manor has like one or two. But it's not really, it's more atmospheric. Yes, I love, exactly. I love, I'm a sucker for the atmosphere. Like, I like Crimson Peak is another favorite one. Yeah. It's, like, it's just atmospheric. This is gothic, like, just, um, <laughs> yeah, just this melancholy, just, like, almost romanticized sadness with that happens to have a ghost. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Guillermo um, del Toro. I, yeah, Hell I will yeah. eat nice. that shit up. Hell yeah, i got to watch that. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that was on uh, on any radar. Yeah, hmm. Yeah, yeah, someone's giving it ten out of ten. Hell yeah! Um, I want to watch that for sure. The other one, yeah, I mean the atmospheric thing too. I, Chesh, I don't know if you watched it when we um, we were doing Lexicrunch uh, thing, but Midsummer as a the A twenty four movie. 
Um, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, that's got because it's 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 such an inversion because it's all Scandinavian daylight as well, and it's yep. like it's such a like that's a movie you don't I can't wait you don't forget <laughs> like it's yeah I can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm um I know the director is heavily inspired by Wicker Man. Yes, yeah, the yeah. original Wicker Man is so good. That's right. So it's it's a lot of yeah uh, symbology as well and that kind of thing too and, and won't spoil too much of it but yeah like highly recommended for that reason and and for those kind of reasons I like to watch those movies that yeah they'll rattle me but because of what they did as- atmospherically and, and through meaning rather than cheap thrills like jump scares so um, yeah. But that being said I do love a really good creature design as well. Me too. So like, me too. Yeah. Less is less is more. But when like when you do show me something, it and it looks good. Yeah. Uh, I am. I get really excited. The funny one there that reminds me of is um, Kate and I, uh, my wife. We we talk about the things the things that do rattle you in movies, and often it comes down to the things you don't see and why you like what it is before you see it. And we always go back to the Mel the Mel Gibson movie Signs, if you remember that one, where mm-hmm. um, and it's because you don't see the thing is is why it's particularly effective. And then when you do, it's on some grainy like birthday party found footage, and that's amazing. Like it really is. And then actually, the more you see the thing, the less scary it gets in a weird way. Like it's just like oh, you're kind of just a weird cellophane beast. But like it's it's I don't know. I remember the name of it. Oh, the um, the actual thing, like uh, on, on the no, movie. no, no, the, 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 it's um, shit, the ritual. Oh it's yeah, the, yep, yep. Oh, I think I saw. Yeah, that. where the dudes like walking, they're like walking through the forest, and someone twists their ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, the creature at the end of that, yeah, is just totally, it, totally. It's, it's basically just hey, here, here's Nethroy. Uh, oh my god, it's <laughs> And it's just it's like, so oh my god, what the fuck? Oh, I want to watch that. Yeah, that, totally. That I think that'd be quite amazing. I've got to watch that. Um, yeah, I'd heard a little bit about it. Yeah, the art looks amazing. That is so good. Yeah, it, it, the movie's okay. That you're watching it for that moment. Yes, it's exactly. Worth, it's, you're not. You're not. You, you don't. You're not wasting your time. Yeah, like the so movie. Worse, um, I don't know if you saw more sci-fi, I guess, and like alieny type stuff, but monsters. Um, have you seen that one, Chesh? Uh what was it? 2000, no. 2010. I think you'd enjoy it. It's really, um, yeah, kind of, uh, what do you even call it? It's it's just like, uh, it's a bit somber, um, a bit more like a realistic view of like what might happen with interaction with aliens, but a bit more like down to earth and like about what you don't see as well. Um, and kind of, yeah. Uh, it was really good. I won't spoil any more, but yeah, fantastic. I always remember that one in, in that kind of way that it's like, wow, it's just really low-key in a way, the way it kind of experienced that? that. What's that? Who directed that? Uh, what do we got? What do we got? Uh, Gareth Edwards. Yeah. What did Gareth Edwards do? This is the fun little Godzilla. thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Number nice. Right. Uh, it's not coming up here. Anyway, but um, yeah, no, the fantastic one. Now, and that does actually link with something I'll say that I'll talk more about in the end because uh, we'll get more back onto the uh, the magic thing, of course, or whatever else we want to talk about. It doesn't matter. But for the entertaining this week, spoiler alert, I was going to talk about uh, the Nicolas Cage movie Mandy um, in that oh. <laughs> some people talk about that as a horror movie. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like it's 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 a visual kind of revenge movie, which is great. But um, no, no. If you want to see Nicolas Cage horror movie, I haven't seen it yet. But Color Out of Space, yeah. So that's the uh, next one. Apparently, 
wild. Yeah, so that's based on some Lovecraft concepts, basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. So the reason we got onto those two, well, first of all, we watched Pig a few weeks ago, which is fantastic, um, with Nicholas Spa- uh, Nic- Nicholas Space. Nicholas Cage, it feels like redefining uh, what people know him as. Uh, he's been mm-hmm. working hard. He's done so many movies the last couple of years. Um, but the... A lot of people just see Nicolas Cage as the, you know, the Con Air meme and the, you know, haha, you know, you don't say, and even the Wicker Man, like, punching the ladies or whatever. And, um, you know, there's, there's so it many, is. like, there's meme Cage moments, but as we said, Chesh, like, Pig was, like, the best thing Nicolas Cage has done or that we've seen in, in a very long time or at all. And um, Pig was amazing. So good. So good. So, yeah, I'd say, Chesh, I mean, if you haven't already, check Mandy out, but Color Out of Space is the other one. But the reason both those were brought up, we've been watching, weirdly enough, content this week about Elijah Wood. I don't know why. I think we're just like, <laughs> uh, Kate was just like, oh, Elijah Wood's the most beautiful human being. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny you should bring up like, Elijah Wood. Because um, I I started rewatching. Oh my god, I'm, I'm about to admit this. I started rewatching the Star Wars franchise from the start. Interesting. We did uh, Lord of the Rings the last couple of weeks with the Hobbit. But yeah, go on, second, go on, go you, on. You're gonna laugh about this. I will laugh. Um, and I got twenty minutes, twenty five <laughs> minutes into the Phantom Menace, and wanted to kill myself. Oh my god! Because. <laughs> There's there's certain things about the Phantom Menace. Hang on, mm. <clears throat> let me just let me have a sip of water. The old Phantom Menace coming at you. That's a hot take <laughs> on this one. Get some. Get ready for a jewel of the fates. Go for it, Chesh. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good! It's so good. Um, yeah. Apparently, there's a really good making. Twenty-five of minutes in. Yeah, and and. Look, all I could think of was, I wish, I just wish that uh, George Lucas and 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 Disney would release the Elijah Wood cut. Yeah. Uh, those of you who don't know, many many years ago, we're going back like ten, fifteen years now. Um, what what do you do when you're rich? Well, you completely cut three <laughs> three original Star Wars movies apart to shit. Wow. And form one brand new three-hour movie without all the political crap and without a lot of the Jar Jar crap. I was going to say, that's, that's most you of it, isn't it? screen it to your friends. Wow. And it, it turns out that it becomes a folk legend. Wow. Because it is such a good cut. Oh, my and God. And it, it, it is so good that I'm like, why can I not have Elijah Wood as a friend? Yes, totally, totally. Because... Because Misa would have Yusa as a friend. And it's like, for, for, for all kind of, you know, almost, uh, this is totally like almost like the parasocial level of things, like, you know, seemingly looks like a nice person, you know? Like, um, we watched those The Hot Ones kind of uh, episodes this week. Elijah Wood was just so courteous and lovely. Um, so with Daniel Radcliffe, actually. Gordon Ramsay was was surprisingly a bit of a dick and it's like i i actually usually do how is that Gordon a surprise Gordon yeah, i know i know but like in a way it's like got really Quite defensive. famously a dick i know true but like i don't know i thought there was more redeeming things there anyway but elijah wood is such a lovely person about all those things and um kind of talks a bit about that is apparently one of the best best people to uh sign autographs and it's like just like was voted that as like just such a lovely person anyway but um the reason i brought up as well is like 
uh, Elijah Wood started talking about uh, how he actually he produced uh, was one of the producers on Mandy and also uh, Colorado Space. So his his name is on mm. those things. He's been getting involved with some video game stuff as well. Like I saw he was in um, the new Psychonauts as well. He's always loved video games, which is kind of great. Um, He's always see- been a big nerd. Oh, totally. There's the thing last year when the start of the pandemic, we were playing Animal Crossing as like the the shining beacon of like <laughs> relief in the world. And it's like, there's the whole thing that came out. Uh, I can't remember the guy. Was it Ryan Johnson made a a, a talk show? Yeah. It was either him or someone else made a talk show using Animal Crossing and like Elijah Wood was on it. And famously Elijah Wood just like messaged someone goes, Oh, I'm, I'm after these turnips, you know, do you, do you mind if, um, do you want to come to my Island and we'll trade turnips? And someone's like, Holy shit, it's Elijah Wood. <laughs> and it's like, Holy crap. It was just hanging out playing Animal Crossing with people. It's just really lovely. But um, yeah, that's great. It's so, so good. Uh, the other one apparently, and I've got to say, this is definitely on our list and I'm kind of glad this got turned this far into movies. Cause we don't, we don't talk about these as much uh, unless it's Lexa Crunch, but that's fine. It's our podcast. We do what we want. Um, like it. Exactly. He talked about No Man of God, which looks amazing, um, being the Ted Bundy and the FBI agent story. Um, and that's <laughs> that's an Elijah Wood movie. So um, definitely keen to check that out as well. Um, that I know Kate absolutely absorbed all the Ted Bundy stuff when it, you know, uh, the different docos and stuff like that and quite a powerful story. Mike Keaton's also a big... Uh- Big true crime fan. So. Oh yeah, nice. Um, and then also, oh that that links back to uh, if you ever saw that Mindhunter show, that was amazing. Um, oh yes, that's got Ted Bundy connections as well, and I believe that's even. I'm pretty sure Kate was saying that's the agent, you know, that that's actually depicting. But yeah, great show. We've got this. This show is this uh, episode is full of recommendations. So listeners, hopefully you got your tabs open or you're not driving your car. So um, yeah, seriously, <laughs> check out all of them. Love it. Um, yeah, how do we even like put the train back on the uh, the, the imaginary commander train set and, and keep talking stuff um, if we need to? Or do you want to go? Do you want to go into some more influences and um, you know, like kind of actually just go down this rabbit hole about who uh, Chris Von Doom is as a person? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll roll whatever train you guys want me on. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to go straight there because we've we've talked uh, a little bit about like what commander means, that kind of thing, and, and generally, I'm I'm happy with the sentiment we've got out of there, which is like. Keep it fun, that kind of thing, and and perspectives and all that that junk. Don't whatever. be a dick. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, let's find out about uh, the most important characteristics of a person. And again, let these tangents go wherever they may and and whatever. Uh, but let's start it off with our, our, our great guest profile questions uh, header and the the figurehead of, of of you know again the profile of what kind of person someone is. Pineapple on pizza, Chris. What's the deal? That's oh, amazing. Pineapple Ooh. with with jalapeno and bacon is, um, well, I'm sure my dead grandmother is flipping over five times, mm-hmm. um, is better than any other pizza. Well, I like the fact you're talking about heat there too, because that's a good point. That like, oh, yeah. It's... The heat the heat to balance the sweetness. Yeah. You have to have that. You, and you can, so, I don't know, I've been a little bit obsessed with, like, not obsessed because I'm such a novice, but, like, interested. And, again, I said before that hot, is it hot? The hot ones, like, YouTube thing, but also just getting the hot sauces in general. But I know some do exist with pineapple-type flavors in a way as, like, a nice balance, and that can be a mm-hmm. can be a good thing. But, hmm, uh, you've kind of, you got me wanting, like, a pizza or something now. Like, it's, mm, <laughs> be very, very uh, nice. One of the places by my job that I sometimes uh, get, uh, it, it's a harder pizza to get here in Philly for some reason. 
but they the way they make it is they also drizzle a little bit of honey over the crust. Yeah, yeah. And that can just, work. It's, that can just, work. It's, it's just out of sight. Yeah. Nice, nice. Chesh, I reckon even you would approve that one. Mm. No, you're wrong. <laughs> I love it. Damn. We, tried. we didn't get we him, tried. damn it. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. All right, so we do have some magic stuff. Um, the pet card in magic that you love may not be the best. What's your pet card, Chris? Perplex. Oh, bam. That's a good one. Perplex is one of my favorite cards. That is a good spell. It also has transmute. Yeah. And I'm a bit... Uh, I, I'll, I'll burn, I'll, I'll burn more bridges. I love tutoring. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Tutoring is one of my favorite things to do in magic. Um, uh, I, I believe you can do it responsibly. Yes. I believe. Chesh agrees that too, be, right? Yeah. It could be a demonic tutor can be a cultivate. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be like a lot of times when I, t- when I, when I'm tutoring, I, I don't actually know exactly what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I tend to tutor for um, what do I need it right now? Yeah. And sometimes that's a land. Sometimes that's removal. Sometimes it's, I don't, this is getting out of hand. I don't actually even fully remember what's in this deck. What, what's even good right now. Yeah. It's just a wild um, card. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, like, like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the combo. Tutoring responsibly. That's awesome. what, that's something I'd like, I'd like yeah. to put on a t-shirt. That's yeah. kind of lovely. And like, that's a really good way to put it actually. And transmute uh, cards, fun. they're, they're fire. I love yeah. them. Love them. Follow follow up uh, number two. It's, 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 I don't play it as much anymore because again, it's it's a card that people have some feelings about. <laughs> uh, but I love Doomsday. Oh yeah, like just but just a nice do, nice simple Doomsday pile. Yeah, it's just so satisfying. Always. Something. And when you fuck it up and you kill yourself, it's hilarious. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like the most flavorful thing. It's like yeah, yeah. we we I like, I, oops, I I did that wrong. I flew way too close to the sun. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Love love that for love. sure. For sure. No, I love it. And and I. Uh, I always enjoy Doomsday artwork. Uh, maybe not the yeah. invocation well, one, but like that's fine. Actually, it's kind of cool. Actually, it's really, it's almost Renaissance. I like actually. it. Like, it is. It's actually my, outside of me not being able to see it. It is my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah, actually, I, I need I, to sit closer I, now. I actually, really like it. <laughs> I ignore the um, the Masters one. Yeah. Yeah. Because someone's a dick. Oh shit! It <laughs> is too. Yes. No. Totally. Burn it. Burn it. Um. So. Welcome. Yeah, the Adrian Smith one's pretty badass. Like that's 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 like some Dark Souls uh, boss level stuff, which is pretty great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I, I yeah, that, that, that's that's exactly. So uh, just going back to the tutor thing before oh, yeah. we go too yeah, yeah. far off the rails with it. Um, yeah, that's that's something Chris said that I have rang the bell for and will continue to toll that bell. Hell yeah! Um, is the fact that people need to understand that. I'm probably going to play all the tutors that I have at my disposal because that's part of my toolbox. It's they glue not your deck together. Me yeah. looking for yeah. yeah, it's not necessarily me looking for you know a turn five win. Yeah. Um, although sometimes you could quite easily do that, and I have done that against against people if they you know. Yeah, it allows you to pivot. Sometimes, sometimes, it's, sometimes <laughs> it's that game. Sometimes it's yeah. that type of game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Exactly. Because because if you're going to start trying to piss me off like specifically then i'm gonna yeah. kill you it's like that's in a social just setting gonna provoke you, the bear you're not gonna drop c-bombs at someone's face yet unless like maybe they provoke it or you're in the right company you know <laughs> it's yeah, the same kind of thing exactly <laughs> i compare it to aura shards as well like, yeah totally, I, totally. I, I have well, i have one deck that runs aura shards it's my nethroy deck and mm-hmm. i'm like i always put out like it says may totally oh so so i'm not looking to just decimate someone's board 
I'm just taking out the problems. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, that's gonna, right. I'm not looking to destroy your mana base. I'm not looking to just wreck your knight. Because it's, that's oh, optimal, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have an Ashnod's yeah. altar out? Yes, I'm mean, sorry, I am going to destroy your Ashnod's <laughs> Totally, altar. yeah. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you have so a double it's, a, yeah. it's that old thing of, like, it's not me wanting to optimize yeah. my deck to win. It's me optimizing the chances that I get something that I can do with a problematic permanent mm-hmm. either totally, for myself totally. or for the board to yeah. set up the later win. Exactly. Um, I just, yeah, and um, I'm always going to say that, so... It is. Again, it is the format. Positive intent. Yeah, totally. It, assume a positive intent, and also that it is the format where we absolutely can, and generally, like the right. Like, I don't. I don't want to say the right or wrong thing, but like I feel the right thing to do is to play suboptimally a lot of the time because we're we're playing with a different factor that no other format has: a social aspect. You know, and it's that. You know, sometimes it is about kind of uh, not kind of boiling the favor of your opponents too bad you know because it's it's you've got something larger at stake than just the game at hand it's like no you're actually just like mm-hmm. removing someone from a kind of being able to interact with the game type thing too and you know it's it's again i always like to put down as an analogy there of how you conduct yourself in a social situation you know in a conversation there's certain things you wouldn't do just straight away unless they're kind of called for so um yeah no that great one play responsibly that's a that's a really good takeaway mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm um next one was chris who would you most like to have dinner or a drink with dead or alive real or fictional um so i've been thinking about this one yeah i will um might be sad but i'm gonna uh, i wouldn't be me if i'm not gonna give it if i wouldn't give honest answers right oh please do um so it, it would be my brother peter nice and my best friend elon um both of the neither of them are with us any longer Peter passed away when I was 16, hmm. and Eli passed away when I was 22. I'm really sorry, dude. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, uh, definitely watershed moments in my life. Uh, two mm-hmm. probably the most influential, important people. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would absolutely love to be able to have uh, a meal with uh, either or or both of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Outside of that, uh, I would uh, also do the same with Doctor Doom. So <laughs> lighten up just a little bit, but at least at least at least done with the namesake once. Yeah, that would be actually amazing. And like you say, it's it's such an interesting character too. Um, I'm really, I think I'm really inspired from what you you um, you two have been talking about this week in this this universe that I don't know much about. To kind of really go, hey, this is something I'd actually really take a lot of interest in for sure. Hey, man, especially some of the rumors end up being true. And if you are a fan of the MCU, mm. you should uh, start, start, start getting familiar. Oh, yeah. There were some rumors with the MCU that I missed? Uh, yeah, the, 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 there's uh, there's been some rumors on and off for years about like casting for the two of for, for Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom specifically. Uh, the multiverse could potentially be setting up um, um, Battleworld. Um, a little bit of a secret invasion. So, uh, yeah. Wait, so, you mean we might not have a white Doctor Doom? The world is collapsing. <laughs> no, seriously, Marvel, please do 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 not do a white Doctor Doom. We're, we're done with white Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've already had that. Love it, love it. Because um, because I remember many years ago. Um, so for those of you who don't know, um, at one point in my life, I was a movie reviewer. Yeah. Um, 
and got to hang out with some Disney folks um, who I had some very interesting discussions with. Uh, one of their discussions was how do we make a person of color villain without making them like the villain just because they're yeah, a person of color. That's right. Um, and, and this was discussions that they were having internally because they were like, we, we, we're sick of having white villains constantly. Mm-hmm. And we feel like we want to have a really good, you know, POC villain, but we want to give them a story that is, that makes you almost want to like them. Um, and they were actually at the time discussing the Dr. Doom thing. Um, because of, you know, like, well, you know, he's he's not space Hitler, he's not robot Hitler, he's not, you know, Doctor Doom is not like alteric uh of He's not a fucking megalomaniac per se. Mm. Um and they were like, Well, what if we just show that he's kind of had enough in the world? Yeah. That, yeah. You know, he's he's seen his his people and people like him persecuted enough that he has decided to, like, throw his hat in the ring and is like, you know what? I No more. Like, I, I'm not going to kill you, but what you're doing is wrong. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this is, this, is, this is leading up to something really good. So if they do, if those talks have continued for the last, it's been, like, what, six, five or six years now since I've done that. Mm. If those talks have continued, I imagine that we will probably get the closest thing to what Killmonger should have been. Because they very much showed with Killmonger that they were leaning in that direction of, like, giving us a character that was POC, that was technically a villain, but not exactly villainous as such, Mm. was doing everything that they could to get their position within their society, if that makes sense. Mm. And if they do that with a Doctor Doom character, I'm fucking love them forever. Like, I'll I'll, I'll just outright say, like, (laughs) Marvel is one over DC. Like, because DC have no fucking idea when it comes to movies. <laughs> like, Wonder Woman 1984 could have been so good and it was so bad. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> I just want to see a really good POC fucking villain. You know what I mean? Like, totally. it, it's, it's, it's fucking, it's so white of people to constantly have white villains, but, like, they're always the same. They're mm. always, like... I either want to kill everyone, except for you, Thanos. You're a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, they either want to just kill everyone, they want to just be mega rich and control everyone, or they want to be like Luthor. And it's just like, yeah. that's fucking done. Done with people like doing that because they're like, well, but we don't want to be racist. It's like, you don't have to be yeah, racist. Yeah. You don't need to make it feel like it came from a place of, of hate and racism. Like, you can make it come from a place where that person... And and their, for want of a better word, you know, uh, bloodline, tribe, whatever you want to call it, like, their people have been downtrodden for mm. so long that it's time that they're just like, you know what, I'm stepping up. I'm taking over. Yeah, and, like... And, and you don't need to... Actually, interesting yeah. motivations, generally, the thing, and, and for Doom to yeah. actually have also, that so amazing. Fuck China. Who gives a fuck? Like, just don't fucking bend to their wheels. Come on. I don't there was a there was a big I, thing that I came didn't even know a that couple story. of months ago. Yeah, um, yeah, where where people thought that Disney, because of China, that Disney were controlling their media assets, 
coming out in particular ways because they didn't want to offend China. Yeah. And a lot of different movie studios do it, and even the WWE do it, and it's fucking... You want to talk about racism? That's that's racism. Mm. You might not understand it is, but that is fucking racism. Mm. Anyway, continue. Sidetrack. I was going to like keep that 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 track going on that that brings up just great villains and like you know I think that's such a, a great theme as far as you know I even saw just the thing then like, like oh who would make a great doom and and you know kind of theory crafting that and you know you get a few interesting ones like um uh Gary Oldman and like Viggo Mortensen that kind of thing one I saw I was like mm, love this because I this uh this actor made one of my favorite villains ever uh Giancarlo uh, Esposito and and just how good like uh that character on I still want to see him get typecast as a villain. No totally I hard agree I hard agree because he's a villain in like every And he's like game. there's a Far Cry game with that coming out like yep. <laughs> he's kind of he, he just even, again, he was like, even he <laughs> even sort of as the bad guy in the episode of Community he was on Yeah totally and then like oh yeah I forgot Mandalorian too um I hard agree I think you need a palate cleanser there for sure um he's excellent of course but um he yes. kind of does lead down that road of like they're they're generally characters though with motivations and, and reasons. I think maybe the do you know who I want to see? Yeah, as Doctor as as Doctor Doom specifically as Doctor Doom, and it could now happen because of the Ooh. multiverse of madness stuff that's going on. Yeah, what Sam Sam Sam? You got to hear me out, Sam. I'm hearing you I'm, out. I'm, I'm, I'm sure listening. You're gonna love it. I'm ready. ready. You yeah. ready? Donald Glover. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Donald Glover. That's hot. Would be perfect. Mm. Just saying. Like, he could even do it, like, as a, like, instead of becoming the Prowler, Donald Glover becomes Doom instead. You could still tie it into the Spider-Man universe, even. But regardless, like, I, I don't actually know who controls the rights to Doctor Doom at the moment. I think... It's still tied in with Fantastic Four, right? It so it would have to still be Disney. Mm. But like, yeah, Donald Glover. Because you've got all the multiverse stuff going on, right? So you could just have it that it's Donald Glover's character from Spider-Man in a different universe. Dang. We can you talk Spider-Man like- that Spider-Man trailer for a second too, since we're talking since we yeah. are talking business. <laughs> Deception behind it. <laughs> like, you know how like I, so like everyone's still flipping about, you know, oh Toby and who like you know who all the Spider-Man and shit, and, like, you do realize that, like, the villains come with that, too, right? So, the, there's still that, that rumor that they're trying to link Spider-Man and Venom, and Venom mm-hmm. just got delayed again until 2022. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see Venom show up in the new Spider-Man. Uh, I, I, I actually do have... I have a little thing to say about this. <laughs> Has anyone been following um, Jacob Battalion, is it? Yeah, Jacob Battalion, Ned Leeds. Has anyone been following Jacob Battalion's weight loss? No. No. Yeah, you might want to look it up. He he has been slimming down like a motherfucker. It is great. Oh. But it actually brings up a really significant question. He apparently, his major weight loss was literally for this film, mm. right? So he came out saying, like, you know, I I did want to like lose weight anyway because you know I'm quite a large, quite a large dude and I get it, uh, but also 
was losing weight because of the role. Now, no one says that unless that role is completely different to what Ned Leeds currently is. Hmm. Now, for those of you who probably know at home, like the whole Spider-Man story, you already know who Ned Leeds is, right? Uh, for those of you who, of you who don't, um, I'll see if I can find a quick... Because uh, I want to make sure I get this right. <laughs> Fact-checking with Chesh. Fact-checking. Yeah, well, there's, there's a particular reason why. Ah, yes, there it is. <clears throat> and I quote, He was the third character to take on the mantle of Hobgoblin after being brainwashed as a stand-in and subsequently was killed before he could re- reveal who had framed him. Ooh. Ned Leeds was a hobgoblin. Ned Leeds, being in this particular movie and knowing that Battalion is slimming down, like, quite significantly, leads me to believe that that's why they didn't show any goblin in that trailer. All you saw was a pumpkin bomb, and it wasn't literally a pumpkin bomb. It was a pumpkin-esque bomb, but it looked very different from the usual pumpkin bomb. So I wonder if we are going to actually see Ned coming as the Hobgoblin. Interesting. See, my favorite Hobgoblin is always going to be Demigoblin, the whole um, doppelganger um, subplot mm-hmm. where it's actually a demon. Um, I was, I'm the, I, just, again, a sucker for that like weird horror stuff. And, <laughs> you know, like, Oh, he's not just a crazy guy in a suit. That's an actual fucking demon <laughs> on, yeah. on a cruiser throwing bombs. Which is terrifying. Cool. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's, that's and the thing and he with, looks cool. Yeah, that's the thing with all of the goblins, right? Like, well, except for the animated one, which is just kind of trash because it's a literal goblin. Um, but generally speaking, like, they, they're all in their version of a glider. They all have their pumping bombs. They all have, like, special weaponry. And it's it's... It's just one of the coolest villains because of the whole, like, hey, look at me. I'm riding what is essentially a fucking hoverboard. <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing little, like, little grenades from a, a Marty, hoverboard. A, yeah. a Marty McFly, Back to the Future yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, so, Chris, when you saw that trailer, were you as excited as I was? Because, I mean, I was pretty excited with everything going on and, and hearing about who was coming back and stuff and knowing oh, yeah. that we still had Michael Keaton as the vulture is potentially coming back, you know, to be part of a, um, a, a potential uh, timeline spanning Sinister Six. And the reason I say timeline spanning is because we know that it's multiverse, but it actually might be time-based as well. Mm-hmm. Because that would explain why we get, like, the Hello Peter from Alfred Molina. Yep. Because he didn't that. seem surprised that it was a different Peter Parker. Nope. And he knew exactly who it was. <laughs> and that leads me to believe that there's a whole lot more to this trailer than they're letting on. I mean, and I it's going to be super interesting. I mean, does anyone actually think Mysterio's dead? I don't think Mysterio's dead, No. Yeah, so like, yeah, like I, I totally, I totally think this is also the setup for Sinister Six because Jamie's Fox is coming back mm-hmm. to Electro as well. Like, there's you, you have, and you have Sandman, and you have Doc Ock, and uh, the, 
you the potential you lizard as well. Um, Ned, got Ned a from Ned and Stacy. Yeah. Will he come back as Sandman? That's the question. We'll see. What was his name? I hope again? so. And mm-hmm. uh, was, uh, we're getting Paul Giamatti as Rhino. Hmm. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church. That was it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was. I I feel like he was a very he was good fine. He was villain, underused, but yeah, way underused. There was too many villains. Like the focus on, like the Venom character, and you could tell Raimi didn't want to do uh, Venom. Yeah, um, but it's fine. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that this yeah, is the I, this I, is the real preview season kind of uh, exciting to like <laughs> exactly. to, to, to to actually pull it up. Like I love I love some trailer archaeology. Like to go. Let's deep dive into every little scene. I yeah. love that stuff. I think it's amazing. Well, look, it's, I also, think it's, it's, uh, sorry, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the trailer. Yeah, so I was. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you have spoilers for trailers these days, exactly. Like, you know. This... Or, or this, or uh, uh, Far From Home. Yep. Well, you know. Sorry. <laughs> if, if, if a trailer spoils something for you, sorry. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. That's another level, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, because we haven't spoiled anything that's that's not in the trailer. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and we've had a discussion around what we think could possibly happen, and we're probably dead fucking wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, exactly. I know people who are very much like, oh, no, I didn't watch the trailer because I don't want to spoil myself. And it's like, motherfucker, please. Mm-hmm. Like, you're in, uh, you're in what I would probably consider the height of of information technology at this point. Mm. Like, <laughs> you, you can't, you're not going to be able to avoid it forever. If you go and see a movie, uh, it's going to be there, you know, there's going to be an ad. You're not going to be able to avoid that unless you, like, block your ears and look to the floor. The same if you're on Twitch or YouTube or even uh, TikTok, you're going to have ads for new Spider-Man and there's nothing you can do about it, so... Yeah. I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> we didn't spoil the movie for you. It's sorry, not sorry. No, I love it. No, I appreciate it too. And it's like it's it's again. This is more reason for me to kind of get involved with all this. And and even what you're saying about the you know, uh, Sinister Six, as it were. It's like I I'm actually totally on board for that. I'm really excited to you know get into this stuff for once. You know, I'm just I'm just excited to see what goblins we have. Yeah, and the reason yeah. I pluralize that is because I feel like we might actually get that at the end, somehow the original goblin is, is alive. That when mm. Defoe is like not dead, maybe from another different multiverse, or maybe just the fact that he was brought back somehow, which has happened in the comics multiple times, you know, or, or maybe it's that Harry is back, but like as a friendly goblin to Peter, or maybe it is that like the octopus is doing the superior Spider-Man route and like, is controlling some or all of the Spider-Men somehow, except for like Peter, Peter. Mm. This six three six one or three six. What 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 world is this six three one? Oh. I don't I don't remember. Mysterio says it, and everyone was losing their shit, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't mean shit. Like <laughs> he can drop that, but remember that he's Mysterio. So. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't from that other world that he said he was from. So he is from this Earth. And uh, it's technically speaking not multiple Earths per se, but uh, you just watch Loki and you'll understand. 
Nice. Uh, do you mind if I move on there, Chesh? It's, uh, no, no. I don't want to break up the cool conversation. I actually really enjoy this. It's great. And it's, I'm just a fly on wall with all the stuff. It's great. Um, next one was, and I know this is going to have some juicy stuff because I've already talked to Chris about this a little bit. Your video game Hall of Fame, Chris, uh, where where does that start and, and, and end or keep going or whatever? Is it one or is it five or whatever? Tell us the um, video games that made you. All right. So my favorite my favorite game of all time. Yeah, is Bioshock Infinite. Oh, hot, nice, good, good choice. Um, to the point where it ruined Last of Us for me. Oh, because I finished, so I finished Bioshock Infinite, and just like that ending, just just floored me. Yeah, and there's part. It's such a good game that it makes the story of the original Bioshock even stronger. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So I tried going and playing Last of Us right after it, and I was still just my head was just so still in Bioshock. Oh, I've had that, yeah. Um, like, but this is not just, Bioshock, like exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm like to this day, I'm like I still don't give a fuck about Ellie and what's his name, and um, yeah, I don't like I don't like Last of Us anyway because Elizabeth, so right? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, Bioshock, yeah, exactly. And Booker, Bioshock, convinced okay. my favorite game of all time. Love it. Quick number two is Chrono Trigger. Oh hell yeah! Um, um, and then Parasite Eve runs out my top. Oh three. yeah, I haven't I haven't ever played that, but I've I've heard it talked about a little bit. Um, Parasite Eve stay far far away from the sequel, mm-hmm. but Parasite Eve is just fucking crazy on the PlayStation. Um, ah, yeah, like the, this the plot alone. Like basically, uh, your mitochondria is revolting against you, so like the the, the mass population of New York just turns into like jelly. Wow! <laughs> oh, it's it's great. Oh, it's so good. It's so so good. I love it. It's um, it's so PlayStationy too. Like it's like it's got every, that Resident Evil sheen, but like you know, yep. wow, the UI is fantastic. Oh, I yep. love it. Love it. And everything, everything after that to round out my top ten, is Castlevania games. Yeah, nice. Castlevania is my favorite ser- game series of all time. Are you like a Metroidvania fan, as they call it? I know a lot of Dark Souls kind of scenes they talk so about. So while I do, I, while I do appreciate, I do appreciate um, Symphony of the Night. Oh yeah, I do yep. not really like any of the other ones. Mm. Um, I um, like for me, my favorite Castlevania games are uh, the original, um, the sequel because um, it, it had the first, one of the first games of the day night cycle. Yeah. Um, and then I'm really, really big fans of Lament of, uh, Lament of Innocence mm. and um, the original Lord of Shadows. Um, just what they do with some of the lore. Mm. Um, just like this really awesome stuff. And then like, uh, and, you know, back to uh, recommending shows, the, the Netflix anime. Yeah, yeah. Um, watch Castlevania. Totally. Yeah. You, you will finish it in two weeks. Um, um, most Castlevania always reminds you of very, very close by with the kind of uh, the vibe and everything and, and the symbology, I guess, you know, the, the subject matter, but of one of my favorite anime stories of all time, Vampire Hunter D. Um, oh, yeah. Which is like, oh, yeah. oh I, I can, we don't feel, yeah, you feel like that kind of like literally yep. vampire gothic. I even, like, played the, so, I even played the Vampire Hunter D game. Oh, yeah, that was a game. I never got to catch it. Yep. Um I can't remember if it was regarded as very good or not, um, nope. but nope. the type of thing, it's like you just want to play it. <laughs> All right, question for you. Yeah. 
uh, which Vampire Hunter D movie is better, the first one or the second one? Uh, I've got to remember what they're called. Uh, probably the second. It's been a little while since I've seen them. That was probably the one I just watched more. I remember I had the series too, which I actually really enjoyed. <laughs> um, what was it? I've got, to, I've got to put them all side by side. So what were they called? Uh, movies. One. I, I'll admit, I'll, my, my relationship with Vampire Hunter D goes back to... When that first movie oh, blood, that was like blood loss, yeah, eighty five, and then two thousand. So two thousand, of so, course, the one I had for ages. But I need to, I need to track down the eighty five one. Was just there's something so endearing about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, and it's like I was, I don't know, somewhere between seven and nine the first time I saw it. Yeah, again, one of my older brothers and um, was super into this stuff, and he babysat me a lot, and uh, I had a little bit of like idol worship when I was a kid. Yeah, so when he lived in the basement. And he'd like start watching like horror movies or anime oh. and stuff. I was very good at. He'd be like, "Right, you got to go upstairs," and I go upstairs. I was very, very good <laughs> at sitting at the top of the stairs, very quietly, and just like leaning forward, and, like watching this stuff through like the, like the tippy top of the like, crack of the stairs. And yeah. And 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 like how visceral some of the effects are, especially in that eighties oh, yeah. version. Like, in, oh yeah, yeah. I'm thinking very like it's like Berserk early berserk versus like the more polished recent stuff and that like you can make the argument the earlier stuff seems better in a way because it's got a bit of everything like there's the 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 the, the modern stuff about like the, the modern movie scenes a bit more like realistically dark whereas there's not many you know moments you like feel a bit more everyday like some of the characters in 85 one are like it's just a character you know like it's just like this yep. by contrast almost happy person and it's like it's it's really interesting whereas the more polished, you know, 2001 feels whatever that, but it's that whole berserk original series. You get this like rocking, like weird, funky, like guitar soundtrack. And it's like, which doesn't match with it at all, but you kind of love it. <laughs> it's it's kind of, I, I, I love earlier stuff generally because of that. Like they'll, they'll do stranger things with it <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's not as perfect, but yeah. Oh man, that's, that's a great one. I feel like watching that now for sure. But uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the effects on that is so insane. Like the, the old hand, like the, the way the hand works in the 85 movie. Like, yep. It's amazing. E- eating, <laughs> eating the fucking dirt. When you're yeah, exactly. Like to have a, like a, a sidekick be literally a character in his fucking hand. Like that's the coolest. <laughs> Yeah. it's the best anyway digress I, I will say too i mean you've uh, a couple of people have said chrono trigger and of course there's a good reason because it's it's awesome um it's very very yeah, good and really. holds up today too um in in some ways you know depending on what people's aptitude are for rpgs whatever but i particularly love sprite graphics and that kind of thing and the soundtrack is one of my favorite things ever but I will recommend um, there is uh, a great podcast I've listened to for years ever since they did Dark Souls stuff, um, uh, a bunch called Watch Out for Fireballs. And they do, um, they still do a bunch of, uh, what do you call it, just uh, Dark Souls stuff. Um, and then they did, uh, they've done things like, I think there's like there's a monster in my podcast. I think that's one of the ones they do. I may, may have that wrong, but they do like a 10, 10 minute, like quick rundown of a monster from D&D, which is fun. But the best one, the watch out for fireballs is really fun because it's just uh, like a lot of retro games can, can be a bit more recent, whatever, but they'll just do some retrospectives and kind of run through games and, and do really big kind of, you know, deconstructions, not even just reviews, but like just talk about them, that kind of thing. And they did recently one about Chrono Trigger. It was so much fun to listen to and, you know, how it holds up these days, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a great one. Nice. Um, 
the other point on that too uh, was was that we were going to play some Diablo two when it comes out soon. Uh, soon. Yeah, I, and it sucks that um, you know, Blizzard had, to, had has to be Blizzard. Yeah, true, uh, true. So I'm still go, long story short, I'm still going to play it because I bought it on my PlayStation and Sony doesn't do refunds. Yep. Um, but I'm not gonna. Uh, I sort of uh, do mild streaming of video games, like just I'll. Uh, I'll have some of my uh, adult refreshments, mm. if you will, and then I'll start playing uh, and streaming uh, Hades or uh, Destiny yeah. Two, uh, just randomly. And uh, I was going to do Diablo when that came on out, but not now. Nah, exactly. So exactly. I'll, I'll be playing because I own it. Well, we, you and I can still jam. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm not going to give it. Uh, some, some no, hard agree. You know, it's, it's weird that kind of has started to come out a bit in in the meantime as you know pre-purchase something you're like oh okay <laughs> yeah hmm. yep wait wait the, the beta came out and i played like 30 minutes of it and i was just like i'm gonna go play hades yep yep i'll yep. play this i'll play this when it's out yeah exactly hopefully then i feel more excited yeah and uh as as i'm like i was, I was gonna go into it anyway going all i hadn't played uh much diablo since diablo one <laughs> and so uh but a, a friend of mine was like it's it's good, but it's like can be repetitive. Um, it's it's a classic for a reason, but where your true fun lies is having fun with a friend, you know. So yep. um, look forward to it. Now, speaking of jamming with a friend, I uh, I watched the No Man's Sky trailer for the latest update yesterday. Now that makes me smile. Um, to oh yeah. To see how much stuff is in that game now, and that like every six to twelve months, I'll pick it up and go, oh, what's what's hanging around here? And there's like. There's more stuff. And now I think that the biggest thing they're doing in the latest one is like procedurally generated towns and settlements and stuff because that was the one thing that broke the immersion a little bit originally. There was the fact that... Um, that no one else was there. Yeah, and it's like all the stuff just felt the same. It'd be like, you know, Mass Effect 1. You're like, hey, all the buildings are yeah. the same. <laughs> like That kind of breaks yep. immersion real quick, which is such an irrational thing for me to think about a game, but it is, you know. It, it, it happens and it... You know, it's a reason you can go ah whatever, and you kind of bounce off it a bit. But I, I saw you kind of um, uh, tweet about it quickly about you like, oh, they're still doing stuff for this game, and you know, yeah, could be interesting to I, jump on. I, I own that too. I, I, I lost, I lost my save file, so I have to start it. Oh yeah, I've done that. I think twice. Yeah, and mate, I think one was a conscious choice too. Um, but because there's so much new stuff, but at the same time, I think they've done. I've said about it before. They've done the best job of going. They launched their game with death threats, like people going, it's not what it's promised to be, all that shit. And you could argue a lot of it was Sony going, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, or like winding them down a path to promise things and to then realize that this is the beacon of a game to show that this, in this day and age, the the game at launch is by far not the game five years later, That you know, yeah. depending on how people work on it, whatever. And as far as I know, never played Destiny, um, but that was a big example of that too, right? Like. Yeah. It's just like Absolutely. Hey, people get really shitty when it launches because it doesn't have the whole universe or like the whole world. But it's like, yeah, but we need to gradually test and grow and, and you know evolve this thing. That's the point, <laughs> you know. And I, and I get, I get, I get. Live service games aren't for everybody, yeah. Um, but for the people who they are for, like that's it's it's, it's a living world. Yeah, so, it's a platform, you, you, know? you know, like beyond a single like buy the box title yeah. cartridge. Like it's yeah, yeah it's a different. Yeah, it's a living it's a whole, thing. It's a whole different song and dance, and it, you know, again, um, 
patience is a virtue. Yeah. And it makes it really exciting. You, know, you go back and, oh, yeah. this is totally different now. <laughs> it's, exactly. someone, someone said at one point, like, far out. It's like you should log into No Man's Sky and it's like Pokemon Snap. It's, just, it's all about taking photos and stuff now. And I had a laugh. I'm like, that sounds like, like, actually kind of awesome. I love it. <laughs> it's great. It's, uh, yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. It's like, yeah. It's, it's just for them to work hard and they still offer all that stuff on No Man's Sky. If you bought the game originally, they are so adamant about rewarding that to go like, we're we're not going to charge for our DLC or anything like that. It's it's always there, and so that felt really good that I bought it the week it came out, and it's like continued to pay off over the years. I've got a lot of like mm-hmm. love out of it. I don't play it all the time. I'm like, like I say, it's you know hang out with a friend, and again, once they put multiplayer in there, it made that a totally different experience than it is hanging out in space with someone and and having a lot of fun. And it's it's really cool and chill. So highly recommend exactly. it as well. Nice. Uh, I'll move to the next one. Oh, this is a fun one too. Shit, Chris, we have so much to talk about. It's great. Recommend yeah. us an album. Uh, the New Death Heaven. Ooh, yes. I listened to this and I am a legit fan. And um, I know getting into heavier stuff, uh, people like Nick S will be happy to hear. And um, he's been helping me along this way. But Death, Death Heaven's also not a, uh, a... So these guys do usually heavier music, right? But it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it was quite they, different. They, 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 they're like... Um, Black gaze, yep. I guess is the genre. It's <laughs> a cool. Um, I love that genre. That's great. And so, like, they've always been like black metal forward, shoegaze in the background. Yeah, yeah. This album is just the complete flip of that. Yeah. Um, for years, I've been like, oh man, I really like Death Heaven. I kind of wish they'd release an instrumental album because, like, mm, that he, really well. he's my least favorite part. Mm. Um, and instead, they went and gave me a, a straight shoegaze album, and <laughs> the guy's got one of the most gorgeous voices I've ever heard, and it, it's just, it's just brilliant. Like, um, music's, uh, I, I share music a lot on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, music's very, very personal for me. I, I know, like, there's tons of people who have said this before. Where it's like, oh, music saved my life, but music has absolutely saved my life. Yeah. There've definitely been uh, moments in my life where I did not expect to survive my twenties. And just that every every time I've been at that low or I've had those things going on, there's been either something has come out or I've been reminded about a song. Um, some of my, my strongest memories of my brother been attached to music. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I've just been ingesting music my entire life. And uh, uh, my, my um, spectrum on it is pretty wide. And it's just, uh, just so many people have introduced me new stuff. But... Uh, yeah, Infinite Granite, Death Heaven. Um, if you want to, the way I've been describing to people is like, if you want to know what it's like to hang out with me <laughs> in mu- in music form, listen to that album yeah. front to back. Love it, love it. Uh, that's 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 really awesome. And if I mean, do you have any like you know some of those ones over the years too that if if you wanted to share them like you know that some of those uh, kind of really yeah. important touch um, points too, like because I'm I'm forever fascinated by like you know people have their connections to albums for a certain reason that, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it that, yeah. Oh, I mean, I've, t- I talked about it online once before, um, Temple of the Dog, um, mm. Say Hello to Heaven, um, is a song specifically, but again, makes me think of my brother, Peter, uh, who passed away. Um, it was his favorite, uh, it was his last favorite new song before he left us. Mm. Um, just cause it was something that was making things easier for him. Yeah. Um, so that song will just always just make me think of Peter. Um, I'm a massive Queens of the Stone Age fan. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, 
I can't even pick out a single album of theirs. Um, but uh, I guess when I was 26, I went through a major, major breakup. Um, uh, basically, the person who brought me to Pennsylvania in the first place. Mm. Uh, uh, we ended like a six, seven year relationship, and it was just, um, yeah, spending a, spending a week, the immediate weekend after that, kind of alone in my new place because immediately moved out. And, all my friends went to a party and kind of just left me home for, for the weekend. Uh, and I just sat around and listened to their dis- uh, discography. Like, I was already a fan. Mm. Uh, and at the time, I think the uh, Era Vulgaris had just come out. Um, so, yeah, I just spent the entire weekend just listening to Queens of the Stone Age front to back. Yeah. And um, New context. Yeah, just yeah, some just, just really great stuff there. Uh, Josh Homme writes some beautiful lyrics. Um, uh their album, like Clockwork, that was probably one of the most emotional albums uh, out there. There's a track on there called I Appear Missing. Um, and it's that's a song I, I tend to revisit anytime my, um, uh, you know, I, I have my own mental health issues. I deal with a little bit of depression, mm-hmm. uh, uh, self uh, lack of self-confidence at times and things like that. And, uh, I Appear Missing is a track that I, uh, I like to revisit when, I, uh, when I'm down a little bit because it makes me feel... Well, it may not be the most uplifting song. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it's just nice knowing that someone else also feels what you're feeling. Oh, yeah. I've, we've, we've talked um, about that a little bit too. It's like it's it's not about, often in those states too, it's not about finding something that's by contrast the most, uh, you know, upbeat, sunny, happy thing ever because at, in those moments too, it, it that feels just silly. Like it feels so tone deaf and it's like, no, you, yeah. you want to feel in that. You want to kind of like really... Come face, come face, yeah, totally. Go face to face with it too. And I know we we talked a little bit yeah. about Nick Cave as well. And like I've, yeah, his his latest albums have been really transitional and and just they're those moments there. You know, someone's like, "That's depressing." I'm like, "Well, well, when you get into that moment, and the, also the resolution of those albums, like, yeah, you you kind of you want to be in that moment and feel it, and and it's got a whole new context when you're kind of in that state. There, there's um. Um, yeah, keep going back to books. There, there's, uh, I'm a big Dune fan. Oh, nice, uh, nice, yeah. And just the, the whole uh, uh, mantra about fear is a mind killer. Mm. I just that's the, right. You know, uh, I love I love just the idea of just you know embracing the worst of us, embracing your fears, embracing yeah. the flaws, and just kind of just squeezing them in and past us, and just being like, I'm still, I'm still there when it's done. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a good point. I mean, I, I haven't done, I don't know much about it, but it's like something really helps, uh, has helped over the years is meditation and learning a little bit about it. But a, a big mm-hmm. kind of, well, the part I was doing anyway was a big part of it is not, you're not bouncing off why you're feeling that way. You're coming, like literally going face to face with it and coming to terms with it and identifying it. And, you know, um, clarity equals action. Like is the way I put it. It's like, you know, uh, otherwise you are in a kind of, a, a maelstrom of unknowns and it's like now when you can kind of really like dwell into and feel those things uh that's where you can kind of come out the other side and you know um kind of make uh also make you an interesting person i like to put it too so um no, talking about those things are always very very valuable and i thank you a lot for that chris and that's yeah that's because everyone's got their own uh interesting kind of uh discoverers with this stuff too and i think that's that's the way i like to put it we're all explorers of our own minds and um and how Mm. we all face stuff and you know all got different ways kind of things uh 
Oh, also, sure. Queens of the Stone Age are one of the best bands in the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So, love it. Um, Big Nine Inch Nails fan as well. Hey, uh, there we go. <laughs> huge, huge Nine Inch Nails fan. Nice. Um, best concert I've ever been to still remains seeing Nine Inch Nails uh, with David Bowie. Oh, uh, fuck. My freshman year of high school. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Uh, if you're familiar, and if you know the band Prick, Prick opened. So anyone listening who's familiar with that band, if you're not familiar with Prick, you should check out Prick's album, Make Believe. It's, uh, it feels, it sounds a little dated. It sounds like, you know, mm. late nineties industrial. Um, but the title track on there called Make Believe is one of my favorite songs of all time as well. Oh, I think as soon as you say late nineties industrial, uh, Cheshire's is going to prick up. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like we've talked about, yeah. Um, Trent Reznor and, and David Bowie. It's like, yes, yes. That was an awesome time that people, no, it was. people don't remember. Like it's great. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Uh, love that to bits for sure. Um, yeah. David Bowie is, is, has my attention too. So I love it. Um, thanks. Oh, so excellent. All right. We do have a, uh, we do have a question that is, you know, representative of magic again, but you know, we, we do what we have to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your Keep favorite, on. what's your favorite piece of magic art? Oh, favorite piece of magic art. Um, I've always been a really big fan of the demon on the back side of Westville Abbey. Oh, Ormondal? Ormondal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Like And like that that's a, well, I I doubt we'll get anything, but that's like the one like lore thing I've been like yeah, there's like, Embercool, Embercool. I'm like, yeah, what about like that dude? Are we gonna see are we gonna see him pop up? Yeah, can I, get, can I just get him as a as his own legendary creature instead of being on the land? <laughs> um, or can I play the land as a commando? That'd be kind of fun. Like, <laughs> maybe, hey, that's a, that's a rule zero talks before. Oh, totally, totally. Um, like, man, what other arts? Are trying to uh, rack my brain here a little bit. Um, uh, I love a lot of recent showcase arts. Mm, me too. Um, uh, the the only cards that really actually excited me from Strixhaven were the mythic archives yeah i'll be honest yeah strict save I, I love that strict saving did a lot of things for a lot of people emotionally uh i'm a little bit older again so like when harry potter came out i was working for barnes and noble yeah um oh no in my 20s so like i, I worked all those events and they were a blast i loved <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things about that job was always um encouraging kids to read introducing them yeah, to books, that's true, that's being true. able to recommend stuff so absolute blast. I, I read all the books and they were fun, but I've never once wanted to be like, I'm going to reread Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, yeah. Once and done. Um, so again, Strixhaven and plus, was, you know, no Demir. So fuck it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like, hey, what are the cards I'm going to use? Really, really <laughs> disinterested. Um, I love what they did with Boris. Absolutely adore it. And I'm still unpacking cards yeah, from there. I like I make fun of Boris all the time. Yeah. Uh, I like just <laughs> making fun of White in general. Um, because what? Who wants to be the good guy? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, they did. They did make that interesting, which was which was definitely cool. Mm. But in general, again, not for me. But holy hell, like yeah. Um, and everyone always immediately goes to the Japanese arts for these. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. talking. I'm talking about the American ones, like uh, or English ones. Yeah, totally. There totally. are some beautiful, beautiful ones. My favorite, and I'm I can already hear the groans and eye rolls. <laughs> is Faithless Leader. Yeah, no, I was about to say that too. I've been playing. I got a foil. I got a foil version of it, and lately, I love it. Like I've actually, I've also 
the whole that whole saga unfolded. I don't don't need to talk about that. It's fine. Uh, but that whole art piece at, in in like in its entirety mm-hmm. needs to be seen, and it's excellent. Like that that particular artist, like the mixed media stuff they do is is yep. incredible. I love it, and I love how how much it warped what people's expectations were for art, and it set a new precedent. I honestly believe. Um, I was recently speaking to a uh, a friend of mine, Miss um, um, Eldridge, for who mm. follows them on, on Twitter. Um, I think the uh, the only real critique I have is it's in the wrong set. Like it does, it just doesn't match the other archive vibes. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it sticks out like such a sore thumb is because it's just so different from everything yeah. the aesthetic of, of those showcases in general. Yeah. Um, but that's also the appeal to it is, is it's so different. And I, exactly. I just, I'm always, um, while I love like little s- subtle things in my art in my mm. a- a- and accessories and things like that, sometimes there's something to be said about that big, bold statement. And I love yeah. the big, bold statement with that these times. Me too. I often like a, uh, something that is, uh, it, like it has a powerful, uh, symmetry to it as well like it's an armageddon clock or a you know even throwing dynamo does it to me as well like it's just like wow that is freaking powerful and i can't even tell you why maybe it's just the 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 layout of it that kind of thing too but yeah no it's i i agree and it's like it's, it's funny that a whole set of great cards came out at once in a way that i'm still unpacking and looking at the fine details of each of the arts and go whoa each yeah. each of them like and and there's yep. so many great little vegetables for your commander decks that you can enjoy them for ages like chuck a thrill of possibility in a, in a deck you know it doesn't matter like it's yeah. it's great you know and like you look at that I mean, far out like it's cool like like, uh, like putrefy yeah like, putrefy oh that's gorgeous a that is a great and people one. Are like oh putrefy is not as good as is just not that good anymore i'm like I don't care. Sure, but look how <laughs> look how awesome this future fight looks. Totally. How, how am I'll, I not going to put this in the deck? I'll play this anything for art reasons. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. It's but I I call my Modrotha deck slow Drotha because <laughs> it's not it is not a very good Modrotha deck. Yeah. Um, but it's got a lot of my favorite art. Yeah, and that's why that's why that deck's together. It's just because it's I I know I'm going to get blown the fuck out. But as I'm drawing cards, I'm like, oh, man, I yeah. this. It's, it's so cool to look at this. Yeah, oh, I'm exactly. so happy this is my hand right now. Oh, it just took 20? Sure, whatever. Yeah. But I'm going to play this card now. It makes you happy because... Yeah. yeah. And, now, and now I'm going to play this because check how cool this looks. Yeah. I do that with Ryan's altars. I'm like, I've got a Titanic ultimatum. Who plays that? I do because it's awesome. And like Ryan did the altar. <laughs> it's like sweet. <laughs> That's that's great. Um, I never saw that channel um, art from that set. That's actually amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. and that's the beauty of it. Still, like because sometimes you see all the uncommons. That's fine because maybe you opened a few and that's it. But you know, you, you don't see some of the other arts. Like it's you know, I'm seeing like I I didn't even know what the I couldn't have told you what the lightning bolt looks like. Now I can see. It. Like, oh, I don't have one of them. That looks yeah. sweet. Like it's amazing. Um, even the lightning helix. But yeah, so the um. The Dark Ritual yeah. is my other favorite. Because uh, I'm also just a sucker for Limb Duel. And the, uh, yeah, I, just the, that, 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 uh, Dark Ritual is so hot. I have one of four. Oh, I love it. It's just very, very cool. You know, if Limb Duel's on a card, you know, some business is going on. Oh, God. You know, <laughs> and you know, you know, I got to play it because I'm a huge Marisol fan. So, like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, speaking of, that's a, that's a great little aside, too. It's, um, you know, if, if, 
I, I often believe, and, uh, you know, if people are getting a bit bored of the conventional way to build a commander deck, give a Mersel deck a go. Like, that's a cure for uh, for kind of, oh, yeah. you know, deck building kind of homogeneity. Like, it's like, wow. Uh, also, that the whole, we've said it before, that, um, you know, the Twitter account uh, is at Flavor Text Judge. It's the one where there's the cartoons of uh, the flavor text, basically, um, and, you know, all, all interactions of cards. And Mersil with 50 feet of rope was one that they like, oh, what would that actually look like? Because <laughs> Mersil, of course, the way it works is like you, you put things in the cage and Mersil becomes a copy of them and it can be an artifact too or gets the or becomes it gets the abilities, which is... You get the abilities. You can do so, the abilities once per turn. And there's so many wacky things you can do there because cards can have massive downsides but a really cool ability. Like I love the Manticores and, and using those mm-hmm. with, with Mersil. But one of them's like, what would happen with Mersil on 50 feet of rope? And it's like, they just draw a picture of Mersil as a piece of rope, which is just like, <laughs> a little face on it. So good. Very, very funny. But, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good point. Any uh, any hot tech in your uh, your Mersil deck? I mean, because I'm always interested to hear what people, like, it, you can look through all your cards with different contexts when you play Mersil. You're like, oh, yeah. this is totally different. Um, one of my favorite things to do is Tree of Perdition. Oh, that's hot. <laughs> and then uh, either using um, um, Spike, uh, Spike Shoot Elder or a hate flare mm. Mm. abilities to just like, Oop, all right, now you're done. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, Shaoku Endbringer. Yeah, that's, I'm probably butchering it first. No, that's a good but, one. Uh, I know which one you mean. That, yeah, that's a perfect example of, oh, that's awful ETB. It's like, yeah, cool. It's not, that's not what's happening, though. I'm just going to exile. I'm just going to exile whatever creature I don't like. Yeah, totally. Just, just flat out remove it from the game. <laughs> um, and the obvious one is... Uh, 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 Niv's disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, uh, I've done that, and just have ways to like, uh, like crystal shards out. Say, so, cool, Niv's disc. Uh, find a way to untap him, or have just have crystal shards out, and like I'm just gonna bounce him back in my hand. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no. Um, Marisol's a lot of fun. Uh, Andy from Legendary Creature. Oh yeah, is a huge Marisol fanboy as well. And him and I will, uh, <laughs> he'll message me in Discord every now and then, be like. I want to play it, but my play group is so tired of it. Talk me out of it. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, man. You, you've come to the wrong yeah, place exactly. for someone for someone to tell you to not play Maris. Play what makes you happy. Exactly. That's that's great. Um, within Excuse reason. Me as I grab my as my as I grab my black hood and tell you to do it. <laughs> exactly. No, it's so cool, and I, I always love when, especially like in those commander decks. You know, like there's a slot where this card doesn't have to worry about standard or anything weird there, and it's like it, they can go. And, just do something really, you know, off the wall and, and kind of wacky. And mm-hmm. I always enjoy that's my favorite part of Commander decks when they came come out. Not that necessarily the face commander, but what are the sub commanders they've designed and always, always pretty wild. So um no, I love it. Oh, it works well with Endbringer too. That's kind of nice. Yep. Ooh. Shalko Endbringer and Endbringer. Oh, who'd have known? <laughs> Just who would have thought? Messel Bringer of Ends. I love it. Um, yeah, that was that was still art. Uh, I did find the thing. It is MTG Flavor Judge Drawings. Uh, is uh, why do I always um, ask up the actual like, finding it on Twitter um, or at Flavor Judge Draw is the funniest uh, because there's some legendary ones that I just. Always make me laugh. Uh, one of them is using God Pharaoh's gift to, you know, animate a sigiled starfish, and so they draw a little cartoon of all the, the you know, Eternals, and they're massive and powerful, and there's just a little starfish. It's perfect. 
Love it. <laughs> um, anyway, so next one was, uh, here's a fun one. Oh, we've had a whole movie chat, a whole movie chat, yet now's mm-hmm. the time for you to recommend us a movie. <laughs> it's time. It's time. Yeah, um, I got you. Don't worry. I love it. Um, Gattaca. Oh, hot, yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time. We studied that at school. Um, I'm also a big fan of um, Children of Men. Yep, 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 yep. American World in London is one of my favorite horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the best special effects you'll, you'll ever see. Um, else can uh, throw, throw y'all away. Um, is it, no, I don't want to recommend that because I don't like the director. <laughs> no, um, fair, fair. So we'll, uh, let's skip that one. Um, if you're looking for fun zombie time, uh, Always. also a big fan of Return of the Living Dead, specifically the first uh-huh. one. Um, if you like a little punk rock mixed with your zombies, that's the movie for you. Nice. It's got a great soundtrack, too. The Damned, um, Cramps, a couple other bands on it. Hell yeah. This sounds really up your, uh, your alley, too, Chesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, it's a... a um, same kind of uh, maybe a slightly higher budget than um, better better produced than uh, Dead Alive. Ah, but in that in that kind of thing. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, that reminds me too. Of, we're talking about fun zombie movies. Uh, did you see the recent one? Oh, Josh, what was it called? Uh, with Bill Murray and Adam Driver. Um, oh, what? No. It's I, 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 you know I heard about this. That's right. I oh, the dead don't die. Yeah, in twenty nineteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a delight. I think you'll really enjoy that one. Oh, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll add that to my list right away. Tilda Swinton. Yeah, that's excellent. It is like it's it's so bizarre. We talked about it. I think a, a couple of months ago, and it's like we're just like, whoa, that hit on an axis I wasn't ready for. That was great. <laughs> yeah, wild. Um, also recommend the, the original Pet Cemetery. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Favorite, Stephen it's one King. of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. Adaptations, even though they cut my favorite part of the book out, mm. it's still it's still really really good. Oh, there's a black cat on there on the on the poster. Yes, I haven't I haven't seen the uh, uh, remake. It was okay. Oh, yeah, 2019. It's looking like yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah I heard that's okay. Might check it out. The one from the 80s. I was. We've been watching a lot of um, putting things on the TV for the cat and going, hey, here's some birds and here's some mice and other cats and and she loves it and hasn't tried to attack that. TV yet, but like gets yeah. gets up there and goes. Where looks behind the TV? And it's like, what what is this wizardry? Yeah. Uh, if I, I'm worried, if I put pet symmetry on, it's it's gonna get. <laughs> why why are the cat zombies? <laughs> like what the hell? <laughs> what the same hell? Yeah, exactly. Stevie's gonna freak out. So um, yeah, no, but wouldn't mind watching that actually. Yeah, and, and always in, enjoy a Stephen King um, kind of view on things. Nice. Uh. That reminds me of something also to do with the movie. I uh, I said before I was going to um, talk about entertaining as well, but there's some Stephen King uh, kind of aesthetics in a way, kind of like Stranger Things did. But um, yeah, I'll get to those. Uh, but I always enjoy. Uh, Chesh's favorite one is next. Uh, favorite Pokemon. Yes. What is your favorite Pokemon? Yeah. Uh, this is where I admit that I'm not a Pokemon guy. <gasps> It's fine. Damn. Seriously, it's fine. Like, it's, it's... um, I know I like the way the ghost Pokemon look. There you go. Cool. And I, I, I've always thought Abracadabra and Alakazam are cool. Definitely. But um, 
Yeah, like uh, my my relationship with Pokemon was uh, senior year of high school. Uh, I I was the last person to get my driver's license because I took. Uh, long story short, I I had the opportunity to take a European trip when I was a um, junior, uh, but my parents at that point were working four jobs to just keep the house, mm. so they really couldn't afford to help me. Uh, so my choice was I saved up for insurance and a car and a whole thing to get my driver's license, or saved up to go to Europe, and I went to Europe instead. Oh wow! Mm. Um, so I took the bus uh, to school my senior year. So I'd get up, eat my breakfast, and my senior mornings were spent flipping between Pokemon <laughs> so, so I could have something on in the background, oh, and Yo! MTV raps. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so just going back and forth. I love it. So, I mean, that's that's a that's an excellent little snapshot too to, uh, you know, some of the uh, the things that has made said person. But, um, yeah, how was, yeah. what was, so so what was the, I'm, I'm now intrigued, what was the, the Europe trip like and what did it mean for you kind of going forward? Um, it was, it, it, it was, it was interesting. It was the, probably the first time I, I traveled somewhere with my head completely up my own ass. <laughs> um, I remember I was about 17, I guess. Um, and I'd had my, just had my heart broken for the, uh, for real for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, girl I was seeing at the time actually ended up cheating on me with my best friend at the time. Um, and all that happened literally the week before I went on this trip. Mm. So, you know, I'm there. I'm under the Eiffel Tower writing bad poetry um, while all my other, like, classmates are doing, like, real sightseeing. Amazing. But, like, it, was much, <laughs> it, but it, was, it was one of the first times when I realized it's like I'd rather, I'd rather tend to my own garden and how, yeah. how I'm feeling and, and, and acknowledging it. Instead of pretending that everything's okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and just, you know, going with the flow. At the same time, um, again, 17, the, and while, while it sucks to, to ha- have to go through that kind of betrayal um, from people you trust, um, you know, I spent all this, I spent all this money, all this time on a trip, and I have such fragmented memories of it. Mm. Um, that it, it it definitely diminishes it, but I've um, had several trips since uh, that helped uh, make up for it. Nice, um, but again, it was definitely it was it was still cool. Also, you know, again, sitting under the tower instead of going up to the top, for example, it was mm. cool. Like sitting there with the locals, yeah, and acting like a local instead of you know doing what's expected. Mm. No, definitely. I feel that a lot in um, in Europe that it's like the, the things you remember often are, are, you know, and the best things to kind of, uh, if it's ever any advice, but it's like, yeah, try and do the, the most down-to-earth thing you can, including yeah. what you eat. My favorite things I've ever eaten in Europe are the, you know, the things that were three euro. And it's like this pretty much sandwiches wherever you go. So like a, a oh, panini in Italy still, or like far out, like mm, magical. I still remember these like... um they called them Turkish pizzas mm. uh, that I, that I had it every day for lunch when I was in Amsterdam for a week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were just I've yet I've never been able to replicate. I cook a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've it's one of those dishes that I've just never been able to replicate because I just don't I de- I don't know exactly what I don't remember what was on it. Like I remember the idea of it, I remember the concept of it, I remember loving it. Um, and yeah, I just. 
I have to go back just so yeah. I can figure out how to make it. But it's also where my love affair with the Stroop waffle began. <laughs> the Stroop waffle. Uh, Stroop waffles are like these little um, crispy waffles. Yeah, they're these little crispy waffles, typically with, with uh, syrup or caramel. Sometimes you can get honey and they're pressed. And what I like to do is because you typically, uh, they're, you know, the bigger ones are about the size of a cup of coffee, a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, mm. is you put it on top of your hot cup uh, for a couple of seconds on each side and it melts the uh, the center for you. It's just outstanding. Just magic. Just so magic. good. And, 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 and like oh, yeah. a fair bit of context there too. I was going to say when you remember what pe- like what things are and and what make them amazing and um you know, but yeah, it's it's about where you are as well at the time. Oh, there's a couple of recipes. Hmm, mm, syrupy waffles. I'd be into that. Mm-hmm. I'd be totally into that. Love it. Um, last one. Oh, thanks for those uh, story. Love it. But uh, last one was the uh, in in the in the gauntlet of questions, and then you are relieved of your duties. Uh, <laughs> nah, I joke. Uh, but uh, in a few words, uh, just to round out and bookend the whole thing. But what does what does magic mean to you, Chris? What does magic mean to me? Um, I guess uh, briefly preface how I um, how I got into the game and when. So I didn't start playing until Origins came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was twelve when the game came out, uh, but none of my friends wanted to play, so I never played. Um, and then yeah, around when Origins came out, my best friend I was living with at the time came home from his parents' house with his entire collection. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to play Magic. <laughs> he taught me how to play Magic. And then we went to the local card store. And that was when Origins came out. We bought some stuff. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then we went back a couple weeks later. And we saw these, like, oversized decks. With, like, you know, this is about when the uh, the Experience uh, Commander decks came out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, that way. We, we discovered Commander together. And they were Zingers, um, too. Like, whoa. Oh, Yeah. Uh, I bought one of each. Oh, nice. nice. Um, they, they, yeah. Um, so for me, magic, the end of the day is always about, and yeah, we always talk about like the gathering and, mm-hmm. and, and shit like that. But it really is about just um, having a way to socialize with, with new yeah. people and actually connect with people. Like people can roll their eyes at it and all that shit, but. Again, when you if you stop and think about it, you actually do have people in your life you wouldn't have, yeah, without this game, you know. And that could be good, that could be bad. Hopefully, it's good. Um, but you know, magic magic is more than just the cards in front of you. Yes, yeah. it's it should be it should be more. It should be something that brings you joy. And if it isn't, then you can just walk away from it. Yeah, totally. You know, ma- magic sh- magic shouldn't be point of contention mm. if you're involved in it again there's shitty people here who do shitty things there's enablers there's there, there's uh, apologists there's mm-hmm. everything that sucks in the world exists here too <laughs> that's unfortunate that's true in, but in they're also not problems they're not problems that are inherently ours either mm. you know this is just a microcosm of, of unfortunately some of the toxicity that exists around that's right. Um, it's not just us. It's easy to point to just us because, especially on Twitter, a lot of people will open their mouth and say some of the stupidest shit. Oh yeah. Um, but that's that's human life. Yeah. So again, ma- magic, magic's magic's fun. At the end of the and day, it that's, what be. Magic is. that's right. Magic's fun. 
it's kind of like you say, it's an excuse. Like <laughs> it's an excuse to make connections, and I love that. And I, I think it's beautiful. Like, I- Again, I, re- I for me too. Like I, re- I resonate with villains. Like whole, at that point, I think at this point that's kind of obvious to people. <laughs> and like, but I tend to be told quite often that I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Um. And you know, I I I do try to be a nice person. Um. But you know, I I got I do have a little bit of a, a of an edge to me. I uh, I am a self aware person. I know. Mm. Um. I know what I know what evils lurk in the hearts of men. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. For me. You know, I play I play commander to to get that out. I play you know <laughs> not all the time. I don't I don't play shitty decks. I don't. I'm not a mean person at the table, but like I will I'll build Marisil. Yeah, I'll, I, I love Corval. Corval remains my favorite legend ever printed at this point. Yeah, um, I won't play him because uh, I'm I, I don't really feel like dealing with people. <laughs> um, but I think I think he is the fucking bee's knees. Hell yeah! Um, Hell yeah! But yeah. No, Magic is fun. I love that a lot. And I love that point about the microcosm thing that things, you know, they are, they're kind of just different versions of the same thing that exist on, on yeah. bigger or parallel scales. And I made a, a yeah. I started off last week's episode uh, having a, you know, Chesh and I kind of had a big outrage about how fed up we were about the NBA card community. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. I said, I love NBA, but fuck, I hate the fans. Like sometimes like they're just, mm-hmm. they can be awful. And um, yeah, it totally the same thing. And it's, you need some perspective. Some of the things are literally human issues. You know, it's, it's just a fact that, you know, uh, D- they're in this D- hobby. Dickhead, <laughs> dickhead or dick face. I can't remember what we decided to call him. Like <laughs> dick face. Hit, 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 dick yeah. Face. Dick face. Is it, is also a shitty person away from the magic table. Like, oh, totally. When totally. he's when he's not when he's not still being upset that he can't get aroused from his magic cards, he's being a dickhead about and weird about something else. <laughs> exactly. And I I hope his wife realizes she can do better. Yes. Uh, and 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 probably being a uh, um, one thing I heard is like the way people treat maybe like service staff is is quite often quite yeah. a, quite a barometer of the human they are, and it's like that reminds me of that for some reason. Like that, uh, I will say, as someone who's been working retail for yep. uh, twenty six years, uh, don't be a dickhead when you're at the store. These are people too. Like, oh my god, the people Especially that can detach humans from the people working at a place. It's like it's almost not admirable, but I was like, fuck, how can you do that? Like, oh my god, like, and yeah, it's 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 but. As you would tell me better than anyone, when someone you work retail and it's like, well, you'll you'll see every facet of the human existence. Oh. Like, my God, it's the only place I've ever received a death threat. <laughs> oh, did you do you want that story? Wow, yes, please, yes, please. I remember now. All actually, right. that reminds me. I remember dropping in my laptop in um, into an Apple store. Uh, it was to, it to was, like it wasn't there. No, no, but as it, it was, it was uh, that just reminds me of like I try and re- remove these from my brain because I have a very anti-conflict uh, kind of mechanism sure. about me, I guess, and I try and shy away from those things. But that's 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 an, another story for another time. But I'll carry I'll was, carry that weight for you. Oh man, it's yeah. I remember someone literally when someone can't back down, and I just everyone's like kind of like listening to what's going on in the store, and I was dropping off my laptop because the battery died or something, and I was like just responsibly e-wasting it essentially um but i couldn't get rid of the battery because i 
it was so mm-hmm. inflamed that it couldn't get removed from the laptop. Funny story. This is what yes. happens to batteries when they kind of linger too long and they leave charging them. Anyway, so I had to go through there. And I was just waiting there for like 15 minutes while they kind of did their thing. And, yeah, there's someone who would not back down from basically a warranty thing or something, something petty that may yep. have got, it was going to cost them 100 bucks or something that they felt somehow wronged and it just escalated into a, of course, they do with security and stuff like that. But it was it was just when someone doesn't back down, they can depending on what kind of person they are, they can go to that point of like, it's like, no, you know, like fuck everyone and ready to rip a store apart. It's like, wow. Oh, okay. But yes, go ahead. Tell yours. Tell yours. Sure. So this is and working at the bookstore. Oh, um, even crazier at the bookstore. We, we had <laughs> a, a lovely place. <laughs> <laughs> we had a music, uh, we had a music department with DVDs and such, right? Yeah. Uh, and I worked in the, uh, at this point I was working in that half of it. Long story short, woman calls because she on our website ordered this like PBS orchestra tribute to NASA. Wow! On VHS. <laughs> this is what well, yeah for context. <laughs> this is right around uh, uh, about a month after September 11th. Okay. And long story short, I talk her down off the ledge because she's being crazy and all that stuff. Like, I, I hate saying it that way, Mm-mm. but like, just the, just the venom coming out of out of yeah, her mouth yeah. is just anyway. Um, so I talk her down, and she makes some comment, like just kind of venting to me at this point, like, and I asked some of the price of something with tax, and they couldn't do the math in their head, mm. and me being me. I'm like, well, you know, that's kind of what happens when we have a government. They'd rather spend money on bombs than books, right? Mm. And that just reopened oh, the floodgates. No. It's because of people like you oh, that this no. country is in constant danger and you don't know what the fuck is going on. I hope you die in the next 9-11. Oh, my God. Um, my, one of my friends is a manager there. And I, I'm not even upset. I'm, I'm actually laughing. Yeah. At this point. Um, and he's like, what's up? And I tell him the story. I'm like, well, you know, the cops did say like, you know, if you suspect something, say something and they want you to report every, every incident. Right. Yeah. So I, so I followed a police report. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, she, she, th- she, she, she said she wants me to die in the next 9-11. <laughs> I'm not sure if that means she's planning one. Yeah. But I told by, we, we definitely reported totally. And it was glorious. Oh my God. Glorious. Far out. No, yeah. that was that was a, that was a story I was very glad to hear. <laughs> I, I, I live in one of the most dangerous cities in this country, and I and I have had nothing happen to me here. Yeah, uh, but working at Barnes and Nobles where I have <laughs> I love it. It's like the best part of that story. So it all started at the bookstore. <laughs> 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 perfect perfect oh and I've, I've been so glad to have you on and, and and get some of these stories too and 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 the type of episode i kind of genuinely love when it's like hey what's going on magic we've got things to talk about but it's it's everything else as well and it's you know Fuck it. it's, it's the best exactly so no i absolutely adore it and 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 thanks for being you and it's you've you've been one of those people that really have just enriched my commander experience and and remind me why i enjoy it and to keep it real and like but then to kind of you know be, be excited and supportive of everything else going on as well and um, for those valuable insights. So, yeah, keep being you. Love yeah. it. Hey, I appreciate it. I mean, I, um, I'll be honest, I, I I have people say stuff like that to me often and it does it does mean a lot to me because in my mind, I'm just average yeah. in kind of every way. Yeah. Um, 
I think I'm doing the bare minimum most <laughs> of the time. And so I guess maybe it just says says something about how low our expectations are of each other at this point, and that's kind of sad. Yeah. But um, again, I'm, I'm I'm glad that I uh, I find ways to um, brighten people's day. Yeah. Because again, uh, as I said earlier, life is hard. Life is hard. That's why no one survives. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a lot. It's a lot easier and more pleasant if we just try and be pleasant to each other. Yeah, just support right? each other. And and I still have this tab open from the uh, the start when you said about uh, Kurt Vonnegut, and I haven't read any of his books, but uh, having a quick rundown what you said as well. I was like, oh, I'd love to read some of these too. And like they say, oh, yeah. Cat's Cradle is probably they. I think people are saying that's probably a good one to start with. Um, Chris, Cat's Cradle get away with it, but Chris didn't get away with it because I know where those lyrics came from. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was, I, was, I was hoping. I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if he's going to pick up on this. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. course. <laughs> it's a great line, right? It's such a great line to a song. It's, it's, also just, a, it's, it's also such a weird change that's not a change at all from the music that they do. Like, when I first heard the song, I was like, oh, this is completely... Oh, no, wait, it's not completely different. It's just... <laughs> like, it just seems like it's different, but it's yep. it's literally normal queens of the stone age music that you should you know it, it's it's the the way it's composed in the track listing is what makes it feel really out of place and jarring in a really good way like a refreshing change of pace in the middle of the record it's like oh wait no i'm completely wrong this is exactly queen of the stone age yeah it's it's it's, it's it was the perfect follow-up to like clockwork it's, yeah. it's like here's here's what we've become and like like that's like the breakup album, right? Especially now that we know now, now all the news about him and Brody Doll have come out and stuff like that. That's the breakup album. Yeah, it's like awful. Mm. And um, villains is just cool. I got that out of my system. We've uh, we've matured as a band. Here's here's who we are. Is what that album is for me. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Nice. Um, speaking of such things. The entertaining's coming up, and uh, we, we can we can chime in on anything in the status quo that, be it music, as we just said, or, or the movies, or the or the TV shows that we're kind of vibing this week. And I always enjoy these chats. But um, yeah, Chris, if you want to chime in or think of something now, um, uh, yeah, because uh, it's what I watched before I came down here to nice. uh, to chat with you guys uh, for the last couple hours. Um, uh, new season of What We Do in the Shadows started. Oh shit! I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Nice, some t- like, Taika content. That that um, the movie's fun. Don't don't get me wrong. I do I do appreciate the movie, but the show <laughs> is just on this whole other plane of existence. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, if uh, I've had a couple of people in my life be like, oh, I, I thought the movie was okay. Watch the show. Yeah, Give the show yeah. a shot because it's 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 the same principle, just completely different energy. Mm. Um, which is funny because like it's. That, that different energy is brought by a uh, energy vampire um, as as part of the the ingredients to this to this soup that just seems to work so well. So yeah, it's perfect timing. You know, spoopy seasons uh, upon us. Indeed. Um, but while it's not the scariest thing, uh, there's some pretty cool graphic violence. Especially <laughs> again, it's on FX. Uh, I again, I, I highly highly recommend it. It's hysterical. It's 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 uh, it's got some cool gore. Um, I think you'll love it. Fun spook. I was going to say, Matt, uh, I mean, completely different cast and stuff too. Matt Berry. Yeah, Matt Berry is a freaking revelation. Brilliant. He's so good. Uh, 
We got one more. Like, since we're talking about Matt Berry, then I got one more show oh, for everyone. It's a couple, I, couple years old. I know which one you mean. Mighty Boosh. I know which Snuffbox. one. Snuffbox. Which one? Snuffbox. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a couple of Matt Berry ones, but yeah, totally. And, like, he's, he's, he's incredible. Like, the stuff he's done, the dark comedy stuff is, is amazing. Yeah. Oh, Rich. Yeah, that's the one with, um, I haven't watched much of that, but Rich, uh, Fulcher. Rich Fulcher is amazing. Yeah. Holy yep. shit. <laughs> yeah. So, Snuff, if you can actually find Snuffbox anywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, while you're at it, look up Monkey Dust as well. Yeah. But Snuffbox, if you want some more Matt Berry in your life. The one I was going to say. sound like different versions of cocaine, I'm just going to say. Oh, totally, totally. The what, one I'll dust? say. <laughs> or Snuffbox. Chesh, Snuffbox, I- Monkey Dust. <laughs> <laughs> Chesh, I need you to watch this because I think you'd find it fucking hilarious. Um, Darth Marenghi's Dark Place. Uh, Garth Marenghi, sorry, don't, not Darth. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which is a satire okay. on kind of Stephen King movies-ish, like, or not even Stephen King specifically, but it's as if Matt Berry's character created a series and they're talking about it. And they oh, show- hold on. I need this in my life. It's, it's, What's this it, called? Uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. It is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And it's on, you can watch the whole thing on YouTube. It's fantastic. Um, it's so bizarre. It's so, so, I mean, if you like the Mighty oh, yeah. Boosh and you love Matt Berry, like this is, this is your jam and you love Stephen King. Yes. Like, um, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, Chesh and I were talking about recently about the BBC stuff and like just the different, you know, um, I can get into Matt Berry's like kind of involved with a lot of stuff. Like he's, uh, yeah. in, in the IT crowd and, and that kind of thing as well. And, but yeah, it's, this one is fantastic. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, I'd never heard of that. And it's like, yeah, you go down the Matt Berry, like rabbit hole. He's also a, um, uh, he does some amazing music. So, Oh yeah. Hmm. I was about to say, he's a really, really good musician as well. Like, yeah. Like, well, well, most of his albums are comedy based. Yes. Um, he's played, he plays all the instruments. Like he's, Super. That's why I love Snuffbox as much so much too. Like all the music from Snuffbox, he wrote. Yeah, that's right. Um, he was. Oh, I can't remember if he was somehow related with Midlake, one of my favorite bands. Um, but I know he does like folk, folky stuff, but it's like yeah, in a great way. That's quite fantasy, and and then like you say, quite comedy as well, which is really really funny and such a strange um like combination of things. Yeah, like it doesn't sound like it should work, but it does. Brilliant. exactly and that's the same thing like something like flight of the concords or like a lot of the taika waititi stuff like yeah. it's you just sometimes comedy is not my first thing for those kind of things but like uh or like musical comedy or whatever but it's like it no that that really works kind of thing too so um no i'm delighted to hear that matt perry's in it i never knew that that's that's fantastic um great but yeah watch uh garth Marenghi's dark place that's a great one Ooh. um chesh what do you got for this week uh, Kuroko's Basketball Season 3 is out yeah. on Netflix. Nice. Unfortunately, it is only English subbed and not ah, dubbed. Which is a, well. a bit. I'm, I'm sorry, people. I need to explain this before somebody calls me out. It's not the fact that I won't watch uh, an anime or a show in another language. It's mm-hmm. incredibly fucking difficult for somebody who has keratoconus. Yeah to try and keep up with the action and read the subtitles at the same time. It's totally. nearly fucking impossible. Yeah. It's just funny. before anyone wants to call Not it out. You don't because want I to. know I've said it No, it's just I know I've said it before that I generally don't like to watch things that are English subtitled. Mm. That's why. Because <laughs> I had somebody come at me last time I said that and I can't remember <laughs> who it was and I should have brought it up. But I had I somebody can- come at me because I think I was talking about um 
uh, French French cinema. Yeah, um, yeah. And they were like, "But, but, how dare you? Like, you just want it in your language. That's that's not you know. Just that's read not it. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what they said. Like, you should just be reading it and like be happy that you can watch it. Like, <laughs> oh, thanks for the you, suggestion. <laughs> and it was like, I'm legally fucking blind. Yeah. Like, you don't understand how hard it is for somebody with with my fucking visual impairment to really get into totally. something if I have to read lines and try and watch a movie at the same time. Yeah. Um, but I will, I will make, I will make the occasional, uh, acceptance for things that I really, 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 really want to watch. I eat basketball uh, anime. Basketball from them. Yeah. A basketball anime where they're all basically, you know, they're not super powered, but they have special super powered, basketball skills which is just fantastic oh wow oh wow i'm just seeing someone on reddit's like oh build your like they're doing the fantasy basketball thing build your kuruko uh no basketball squad with 15 dollars and they're like you're doing your starting lineup this is amazing it's like i really yeah, want to watch it's, this yeah. it's just it's it's a really cool show like it is really good yeah um it, it's it's a little it's it's, it's, it's slightly problematic, like all anime, of course, because yeah. because um, one of the the American teacher, it's not not technically a teacher, but coach, mm. um, who is uh, slated as being part of the WNBA, yeah. um, comes over from America in season two, and she's almost constantly like naked in the dude's apartment. Jeez. Uh, you don't you don't see it, but there's always like him going like, "Can you put some fucking clothes on? What are you doing?" And she's like, "Oh, sweetie, I don't have to wear clothes around you." This <laughs> is like, these two aren't actually fucking. You didn't need to do at that all. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. And you didn't need to do that in this anime. It's not it's not translating it how you might think it is. You dirty old Japanese animators. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's there. Uh, so I have to acknowledge the fact that it is there and that it's a little bit, mm. <laughs> yeah, but it's other a- than that, there's not that much of that shit in there. I'm kind of keen to watch this for sure. So, uh, looks fun. Looks fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is fun. And, and that's the thing, like for us basketball nerds, like mm-hmm. it's, it, it it's not going to have the feel technically speaking of, of true basketball so please don't go into it thinking like it's a basketball anime about basketball because they have these incredible powers but it it is they only use the powers inside of basketball there's no like i'm a superhero or any of that shit it's just literally like i'm gonna beat you oh yeah well i'm gonna go to the next level and i'm gonna dunk right on top of you yeah you know like kiriko himself is is basically the assist guy um and his his special power, <laughs> special power. This is amazing. <laughs> oh God, his, his special power is that he has zero presence. Interesting, interesting. This He's is not like a oh. remarkable basketball player. He he passes well, wow. But you don't notice him because he has zero presence. Wow. He has one hundred percent chill. Love it. And it is amazing. I'm trying to think of like the, uh, I mean, this would be fun as a video game where it's like 2K, but you have like power-ups to another degree. Like it's it's, it's almost yeah. like a MOBA or something <laughs> far out. Um, yeah. But yeah. like, yeah, I'm trying to think who your analog in the NBA would be. Like maybe a, like a, a player that everyone forgets about and, and Chris, you can- Bugsy Bogues. Yeah, maybe, but like- 
Muggsy had a whole thing. It's like Muggsy was so short that everyone's like, hey, it's Muggsy, you know. I'm thinking like a for- like not a forgettable player, but a just a consi- consistently awesome that people would underrate, like an Andre Miller or something, like just super sensible. What? Carson player. Edwards? Carson Edwards, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's great. Um, no, that's that's sweet. I'm going to watch that. Uh, mine for this week, as I kind of alluded to before, we watched Mandy last night off the back of uh, thinking about Nicolas Cage movies and talking about them on LexaCrunch uh, with MTG Lexicon on uh, what is often Saturday nights, our time, Friday nights, uh, US mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah, we, we generally talk about movies there and, and watching Pig was amazing, as we said. Nicolas Cage is doing some amazing stuff and... Uh, a bunch of people said, watch Mandy. And I was like, sweet, will do. Uh, and then, as I said, I found out that uh, Elijah Wood was a uh, producer. And I was like, all right, I'm in. And then, and then, and I've been holding this because I'm just uh, so giddy. When a movie starts off playing Starless by King Crimson, I <laughs> I just melted into a pile of goo and I was just absolutely, I was like, I was in tears. I was like, no way. Like, I've never heard King Crimson on a movie. I was like, you have me. <laughs> just do whatever you want, movie. Like, you're just, you're done. This King Crimson, just some of the finest music, I, in my opinion, you'll ever hear in your life. Um, and I was like, shit. Like, an early 70s King Crimson. It's like, holy crap. And then you get these, like, title card sequences of certain events that are very, like, Stephen King kind of uh, book cover title. Uh what, what's ultimately happening in this movie, and I'll kind of do the synopsis without spoiling it too much. People kind of misgender this as a horror. I don't think it's a horror movie. It's um, it's a it's a revenge movie, uh, and it's like a, th- a really awesome action, thrilling, uh, also just visually like impressive feat of um, just the the type of movie we remember by the colors and the the kind of the visual effects it did in such a, a, a kind of surreal way that like felt like something a bit A24 in a way. Uh, felt like maybe there's some Stranger Things, but like I think it did those things so much better because essentially what's happening is you've got a hippie cult uh, of and like demon biker henchmen uh, and, and kind of all in like an LSD haze <laughs> and what kind of visuals are kind of relating to that. And it's very nightmarish in that respect that it's like they're a religious cult, but it's terrifying and all like what they... What they intend to do is terrifying. That's what I'm trying to point, um, rather mm. than jump scary. Uh, and basically, if I won't spoil the events, but uh, Nicolas Cage ends up on a, um, for things that may happen to his wife, uh, ends up on a, or his partner, but ends up on a, a vengeance kind of uh, spiraling rampage, uh, as as the, the synopsis would put it. But what kind of amounts is just one of the most visually impressive movies that I've ever seen. Uh, there's uh, animation crossovers every now and then because uh, his partner used to write, read fantasy novels. And so there's like her story kind of interwoven with what she saw. And so he even becomes a bit of a fantasy kind of warrior in a way. He forges a fucking axe halfway through. <laughs> it's like, all right, they have a battle with like okay. chainsaws. He's got a crossbow. It's like for what is an 80s setting, like there's, it's like very video gamey. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. I was so happy. The soundtrack absolutely hammers. Uh, not everyone's movie, like Nora movies I often like get really excited about, but like this is one of the most impressive movies for me that like spoke to me in ages, like tons of gore too in a great way. Like it's, you know, not that that's what I'm looking for, but yeah, it was, it, it was a time far out. 
So you're, you're going to love it. Chesh, I can't wait for you to watch it, to be honest. <laughs> I think you'll just be like, oh, you'll be screaming at some of the moments. Like I say, it's like, hmm, here's, here's, here's the optimal way to go about this moment. And it's like, hmm, no, I'm going to pick up this chainsaw and then the other guy's going to pick up a bigger chainsaw and they're going to have a chainsaw duel. It's like, yes. Um, and none of it, I don't think any of it comes across as very lame either. It's like, it's just hilarious. Like, uh, hilariously great that you're cheering at the same time. It's, yeah. I don't, I don't know anybody who doesn't like that movie. Oh, my God. No, I, just, I can't wait to watch so, it again. Like, everyone I know who's seen it is just like, Mandy, Mandy. Mandy. <laughs> that's Nicolas Cage. You know, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll watch the worst shit with Nicolas Cage yeah. just to I'm, see Nicolas Cage I'm totally on that Nicolas board Nicolas Cage. Yeah. They're, 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 they're literally, like, but they're... they're as part of all that, there's some amazing pieces of acting for Nicolas Cage, of course, because like there's him coming to grips with loss, and like there's a moment with him, uh, he's absolutely like almost mortally wounded, and he's just like just chugging a bottle of vodka, and he's screaming, <laughs> and then he's crying, and then he's screaming, and then he's like chucking vodka on his hands, and he's just like ah, and he's trying to drink the whole bottle of vodka almost. I mean, it's one of the most visceral kind of scenes I've seen because he's like, he's trying to, in the stages of dealing with something of like a surreal reality and it's, yeah, incredible. Um, wow. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, movie starts off King Crimson and, and I'm already in tears. It's like done. <laughs> Fantastic. So yeah, that was, that was my movie this week. Um, and I can't wait to watch Color. Is it Color Out of Space? The other one? Um, yes. Yeah, ready to watch that too. If Elijah Wood's involved in that, Nicholas Cage is involved in that, like, yeah, you're done. Like, that's going to be a good time. So, look forward to it. Yeah. We do need to we do need to talk to Lexa Crunch and figure out whose choice is next because I don't I don't know if Encino Man is actually like it's definitely my next choice, but I don't yeah, know yeah. if I'm next. Uh, uh you uh, may be, but- you may be. I think we've got Brandon's next week, I think, and then that might be that. So, and we we might be mm-hmm. fortnightly, so it's going to be staggered out a bit anyway, but. That's fine. I wouldn't. I really would love to talk about Mandy, and I think uh, we'll see how we go. Maybe there's something else to talk about, but um, yeah, nice. I think they've all seen it too, actually. Yeah, but we'll get to it. I think we should just have a couple of months of uh, nothing but Brendan Fraser, personally. Oh man, yeah, I've I've, I've been <laughs> I've been meaning to uh, do a bit of a rundown of Encino Man. I think it'd be a lot of fun. In, so. Including George of the Jungle <laughs> and and, and Bedazzled what's the or whatever. Canadian one? No, uh, well, Bedazzled is one of my favorite movies, actually. Oh, nice. nice. Um, if, if you want to talk the trifecta of Brendan Fraser films, <laughs> you've got um, Monkey Bone, which apparently nobody has fucking seen, and it is amazing. Oh, I've seen Monkey Bone. It's so good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and before somebody became, like, absolutely fucking weird and crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Like, everyone knows what I'm talking about. Where's the heroine? I think that Hollywood really fucked her up. Um, mm-hmm. for you know obvious reasons, and also just because I don't think those were ever dealt with. Um, Monkey Bone, uh, 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 Bedazzled, and Blast from the Past are my three top favorite Brendan Fraser movies. With the Mummy coming in at a fourth. Love it. Love mm. it. I remember Mummy's even just great fun to watch again. Like you know, it's it's always pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also Blast from the Past has Christopher Walken. So hey. Yeah. <laughs> this pocket watch oh, I love it <laughs> yeah having those two in the same movie is a bit surreal when you look back at like you know at the time um, Christopher Walken was kind of was not as popular as he is now he yeah. was popular but he's, he's got like, like a mythos around him now <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas Brendan Fraser was like hot 
Mm. <laughs> For multiple reasons. Love it, love it. <laughs> All right, well, tune into uh, MTG Lexicon's stream. If we're still keeping them there, I believe so. If if not, they'll point you in the right direction for uh, for Brandon, Jeff, Chesh, and I. Uh, now on a fortnightly basis and probably at a more viewer-friendly hour on, on the stream, kind of talking movies and magic and that kind of shit and having a bit of fun. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's I reckon that's a uh, tie bow on it. That's an episode. That's uh, that's about 50-50 magic in life, and, and that's, the, that's, oh, yeah. that's the balance I like to to, uh, to kind of strike. That's amazing. So That's a wrap, mother skunkers. Mm-hmm. As uh, I said, Chris, it's, fucking swear. it's been a flipping joy uh, to have you around and, and hear your stories, and thank you so much for sharing them all too and, and having the patience to do so because um, that's, that's all we ever want to do is give people the space to talk and have fun and hang out and it's been it's been a blast yeah I, and i appreciate you and you guys have me on i know it's uh you talking about it for a little bit so it's gonna be funny finally got it to happen exactly mm. nice now uh importantly where can the people find you chris uh i am only on twitter you can nice. find me at chris von doom one um the one is silent but apparently there's someone else who thinks they're worthy of the mantle um, <laughs> I, do that. I, will, I will i will prove the wrong highlander style <laughs> yep um yep. there can only be one so um and, yeah and that's where you can find symbols. me um, oh no i've got another place people can find you i i recently mm-hmm. found out you've become a mod on uh Kristen's server yes yeah yeah. So uh, our, our good friend uh, Kristen um, on the on the CAG and Kristen should be on. We should be getting Kristen on in the next few weeks, hopefully, um, to to have a chat because we love the banter's with her. She's just amazing. Um, but yeah, speaking of finding good commander games with good people and places, uh, her server is, is one of Absolutely. those. Because if if you're the person kind of uh, holding all the traffic in there, I, th- I think it's a good place. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, Twitter's where I'm most active. You can you can't find me in a couple of random discords, um, <laughs> but if you actually want if you actually want my attention, uh, Twitter is the best place. Nice. Yes. Uh, Chesh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me uh, twitter.com forward slash Cheshire Plays. You can find me or oh, us on twitch.tv forward slash Cheshire Plays Games, and also you can find me here on this lovely podcast that we have built, created curated and that i say fuck on quite a bit artisanally crafted bespoke with, with, uh, artisanally with crafted with the australian fucking lingo mate <laughs> exactly and you can find me at pastor jam sam on the twitters and the instagrams but more importantly you can find the podcast uh, at samdr underscore crunch on twitter uh on instagram at samdr crunch and the website is samdrcrunch.fireside.fm and you can send thoughts feedback, pictures of cephalids, whatever you want to cmdrcrunchpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, it's been an awesome time. Uh, we're kind of moving back a little bit to, like, a bit more frequent uh, kind of episodes. We'll do as many as we want to, but um, as I, I figure, as I'm kind of at home these days a bit more as we're locked down, it's like, may, may as well do a few more, and I, I enjoy it. So um, great to capture the energy of our, our, our lovely guests, and we've got a few lined up. So exciting few weeks coming. So, um, yeah. The the last thing though, it's uh, as it always goes. Let's uh, let's leave our lovely listeners with some uh, some great advice and um, you know think of some wisdom on the spot because I know you've all got some. Uh, but all I'll say this week is uh, the uh, to be a master is to forever be a student. You know, there's a great one I heard this week it was very interesting. I'm like, hmm, love it. Hmm. Fair. Yeah. Uh, I I will drop that. Uh, if if you become the green goblin, maybe <laughs> don't. Don't make it an extreme glider out of a fucking snowboard. That shit looks <laughs> stupid. 
<laughs> love it. <laughs> I, I love actionable life advice like that. It's perfect. It's like, mm-hmm, exactly. Think about your uh, your flying craft of choice, actually. Mm. I love it. Yeah, think about um, how you craft your craft. Exactly. Hey, there you go. See, hey. we got there. Um, mine, com- mine comes from a shirt, actually, from uh, an artist I'm a big fan of. Um, they actually did a secret layer. Um, oh, nice. With, uh, Wizard of Barge. Oh, yes, of course, of course, yeah. The ooze uh, one. The darkest the darkest dungeons are the ones in the That is true. Couldn't be true, yeah. Absolutely. Love that. Take care, folks. Have a good one. Bye! Bye!